Put the fucking mic on. Mic is on. This is Pete Rose, and you're listening to The End of the Bench. Welcome to episode 67 of End of the Bench. On this episode, we will discuss how Oklahoma made the comeback of the year. I was sweating in my boots, dude. Sweating. Is Mike Trout going to win a billion MVPs? He just won his third of his career, and we'll discuss the Cy Young as well. Mello, your boy, is back. And we'll discuss our trip to Columbus, Ohio. We are leaving on Thursday. We're excited. The whole pod gang, bench gang is going. We're pumped. We'll discuss our trip in detail. And we got a guest. Our boy Jake Asman is back on the show. The second part of our, our podcast. We talked to the Houston Astros. And we talk a little New York Jets and also the MVPs and Cy Youngs. So before we do that, let's talk about the biggest news of the week. It was, the it, was it was last week, but we didn't get to talk about it. Liam had like food poisoning, and we couldn't record. What was that Friday? Yeah. I, I yeah, went it was out. Thursday night football. I had some clams and mussels. No. Didn't work out. No, it's all right. <laughs> but let's kick it off. Miles Garrett tried to kill Mason Rudolph, and with about eight seconds left of this Cleveland game, that Cleveland won twenty-one-seven, was completely overshadowed by this horrible act by Miles My- Garrett. It's probably the biggest win of the year for the Browns. Definitely, they needed this win. They needed this win. They beat the Steelers and Ravens this year. Like that doesn't happen that often. That they beat them. <laughs> Freddie Kitchens said that exactly. He's like, look, you don't beat. Those two, these two teams that often, and they're good teams. I mean, Steelers aren't, but he was just trying to be nice, I guess. Miles <laughs> um, Garrett, at the end of the game, people that don't know, if you don't know, now you know, that at the end of the game, Garrett sacked Mason Rudolph. On the way down, it looked like Rudolph tried ripping off Garrett's helmet. Like, yeah, grabbed his face mask. Yeah, but no one really saw that till the way after, like a day or two after really looking at it. And then Garrett proceeded to rip off Rudolph's helmet and proceeded to bash him in the head with (laughs) it. Horrible act. And then you had other guys in it. Larry Okunjobi said it right. Yeah, Okunjobi. Damn right, I said it right. Hell yeah. He he was involved. You had Marquise Pouncey was involved. So the suspensions are Miles Garrett is suspended for the next six games, which is the rest of the season. Uh, which is not the longest ban in NFL history for on, on a single on-the-field incident. So he's done for the year. It, it's also done for playoffs if they get into the playoffs. There's So he's also signed without pay. Indefinitely. Larry, yeah, right. indefinitely, right? Larry Okunjobi is was suspended for one game for shoving Rudolph in the back um, like when Rudolph, like, I guess, like came to a sense of. And then like a- after, after Rudolph's teammates came over and grabbed Garrett, and Rudolph was just standing around like, what the hell? Hands I just in, got hit in the head. Palms just, up. Palms up. And I just got CT. Okajobi just came in and shoved him to the ground. <laughs> such a cheap shot. Such a, like, such a bitch move. <laughs> uh, then the Steelers suspensions. You had Marquise Pouncey, center for them, longtime vet. Three-game suspension for jumping on a Garrett and Bro. proceeding to kick him in the face. Like uh, six, seven years ago, do you know who he was rolling with? Who? Down in Florida. 
No, that was his. It was his brother. All, all, all of them. Both of them. They were both. They're boys. Aaron Hernandez. Oh, I was thinking. Yeah, huh? I was thinking his brother and no, oh, Jonathan Martin was the one. You thinking Jonathan Martin was rolling with um, Incarnito? That's what yes. I was thinking. No, 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 no. Martin. The Pouncy brothers and Aaron Hernandez. Oh, I didn't know that. In Florida, they were boys, like close, like. They were Tight. probably involved in some shady stuff. Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. But no, I would not want to mess with Marquise Pouncey. He's one of he's Dude, one of those guys kicked, who he doesn't yo, mess he around. He was kicking Garrett's face like Bro, that was, that was like a street movie? fight. That was like a street yeah. fight. Uh you ever seen the movie Goodfellas? Yeah. You know when uh go go get your shine box scene? When Pesci freaks out, it's like go get your shine box oh. and stabs the guy, <laughs> right? And then you see De Niro like stomping and kicking him in the face. That was that. That was that exactly. Immediately when I saw a replay, I'm like, that's De Niro kicking in that guy's face, <laughs> the maid guy. Uh, you never kill a maid guy, never do. <laughs> you kill a maid guy without asking, you're dead. And that's what Pesci did. Spoiler. Um, one of my favorite movies. But Garrett <laughs> absolutely lost his mind. Now, like prior to this year, the guy was has like a great track record of being a super nice guy, nerd, comic books. We're watching him on Building the Browns, the YouTube series. Yeah. They had. he would go to the dog park like every week and hang yeah. out with the local Seems fans. Like a super like soft, like not hard. He did poetry. He writes poetry. Yeah, like and he was comic book dude. Like he liked. He was like a nerd. The Before guy. this act, I would have. If you add like, but this is the third incident he's had this year. Before this year, I would be like, yeah, this dude. is like the most standout, like, you know, Absolutely. ideal, you know, athlete into a real, real world person. Without a doubt. And he absolutely blew up. And now Mason Rudolph, there is looking like there could be legal, um, like he might be getting suspended, not suspended, more like fines, but he won't be taking legal action. He definitely could. He definitely should. He he should. I think so. Fucking I mean, honestly, you could like you could. I mean, it's you like the, it's like the the best meme ever is when Adam Sandler turns around. That's assault, brother. <laughs> yeah, I saw you post that. I yep. was dying. Yeah, uh, and there are also NFL plans to fine about ten other players for leaving Ooh. the bench during the, the suspend during the the brawl, which you can't do. You do that, you're done. Yes, They're any sort of, sport. Yeah, they have all different angles, so there could be big names that can really screw the 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 Browns and Steelers. Hopefully yeah. it's nobody really like impactful like anybody on the offense. Like oh receivers, yeah, like cough cough OBJ and Jarvis and Jarvis Landry. Baker I don't think was involved, but Rudolph that night had a, he talked to the media. He said I thought it was pretty cowardly in Bush League, which it was. Um, I'm not going to take. I'm not going to be backed down and from any bully. I felt like I had a bone to pick with him. I appreciate it. the line always had my back, but I'm I was angry. So like the bully Fair shit. Fair enough. It's like you know, but you started it. He really he realistically started it. He got sacked, but then he had like he got mad and got angry and started ripping off his helmet. Yeah, I mean, it probably wasn't a great idea to like you know grab on his face mask as he was sacking him. And there was definitely stuff that led up to it previously in the game. Like they definitely had words at one point. And it's a rivalry game. So there is there is a a like an underlying sense of yes hate there absolutely and the NFL statement said that Garrett's violent unnecessary roughness and unsportsmanlike conduct rules as well as fighting removing the helmet of an opponent and using the helmet as a weapon so that was like their statement saying like you can't do this yeah fair enough you can't do it that night Garrett was like I messed up. <laughs> yeah, everyone's asking like, you know, what are the suspensions going to be? He's like, oh, we'll have to wait and see. 
and then in the app in the next like uh the I think it was like the next day or I, I it was the next day it was like yeah it was the next day at noon or like noon it, the suspension came out. He then said, uh, last night I made a terrible mistake, Garrett said in a statement issued Friday. I lost my cool, no shit, and I and <laughs> what I did was selfish and unacceptable, no shit. I know, I know that we are all responsible for our actions, and I can only prove my true character through my actions moving forward. I want to apologize to Mason Rudolph, my teammates, and our entire organization, our fans and, fans, and to the NFL. I know I have to be accountable for what happened. Learn from my mistakes, and I fully intend to do so. Great statement. You're still an idiot. Yep. Still an idiot. My favorite statement from the night was probably Marquise Pouncey's. Did you see his interview? I didn't he, see he his. Was basi- I, saw, I saw Okunjobi's statement. He was basically like, in reference to him, like stomping on the guy's head and punching him. He's yeah. like, I blacked out, like... I don't regret anything. I'm protecting my quarterback and whatever oh, the suspension yeah. is, I'll take it. Okunjobi was like, you know, that's my guy. I got to protect my that, guy. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. If you're going to protect your guy, push part, Pouncey off his face. Exactly. Don't shove. Don't what, shove the, the what quarterback with no helmet on. No helmet on and his hands are up and he has no one around him to protect him. Yeah. So, like, what's the point of pushing him? Exactly. And then here's some other statements. from. There was a billion people talking about this. There was some. I just saw, I just found three. Mayfield was interviewed after the game. He said everything right. I was praying, praying to God that he didn't say anything dumb so Coward wouldn't say anything to him the next day on, on the <laughs> radio. So he just said it was inexcusable, flat out. I mean, o- OBJ and Landry were like, you can't do that. Yep. It's unacceptable. Uh, Hall of Famer Troy Aikman said it's barbaric. Head coach for the Bucks, Bruce Arians said, uh, there's no place for fighting in this game. Arians said, for... For it to happen at the end of the game like that, it's a shame. I th- and also, I think he was a part of both teams at one point in his career. Arians. Steelers and Browns. I think he was. Yes, he was. He was. I think he was. I think Steelers, when they won the World Series, when they won their. Oop, that's my phone. Um, yeah, so there's that. Um, but what do you think is like the. What is going to happen for the Browns going moving forward without Garrett? They have a very easy schedule. They face, they face the Steelers again. They face the Bengals twice. They face the Cardinals. I think the hardest thing they face is the Ravens. That, that's the second to last game of the year. Okay. I was looking up at work last night. There you go. Shout out the fan. Shout out the fan. W-F-A-N. All right. So, what do you think is the, the next course of action for Garrett? For Garrett, I mean. Obviously, he's going to have to meet with the NFL, meet with Roger Goodell, sit down and figure it out. Um, I feel like he's going to end up coming back next season, beginning of next season. I don't think they're going to hold him out. He, it's not like he's a Vontae's perfect, where he has like a very, very long, very serious history of this stuff going on. Did you hear Burfitt went to meet with Goodell? <laughs> and he just, he was like, I knew I was suspended from it's the minute I was in there. He talked so little, much shit about everyone in there. And he called him a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's your boss, dude. <laughs> Bro, he, sh- uh, he just shows he doesn't care, Who's obviously. Fuck. But, no, I see, I don't, Garrett's not as extreme a case as him. Obviously, like, this one incident was very extreme. This but, is like, this is, but this is, like, the one of the worst acts of, of like, uh, like on the field acts ever. Think of it. It's like the quiet kid. The quiet kid's always the one who snaps. The kid who played, the kid who writes poetry and goes to the doll parks on his weekends, he's the one who hits hits the quarterback over the head with his own helmet. Low key serial killer, you never know. 
Wow, that's actually a good point. Yeah. No, I think honestly though, I think he'll be um I think he'll be back next season. He's definitely back next season, but there's gonna be some eyes on him. Oh, for, I think for the rest is almost for the rest is I'm trying to it, think. Um Albert Hainsworth, one that comes to mind. He uh stepped on Andre Garrod's head. That was way back in the day for the Titans and Redskins. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And I think he got like a four-game suspension, I think. It was like a big a big chunk, but he was still back, but then for the rest of his career. Like, that's, and that's the thing all he Garrett. was remembered for. That's the thing with Garrett. And he's a, Garrett's a great player. Yeah. He's, he's one of the best pass rushers in the league. And the fact that that's your best defensive player by far on that team, and maybe the best player on the team, gone. It's a huge loss for that defense. Yeah. Now I'm going to see next, seeing this upcoming Sunday and see what they're going to be doing and see how they're going to handle it. That's going to be the big test. That's a big yeah. test for them. I mean, his numbers speak for themselves. They speak for them. Absolutely insane. I'm just trying to find a comp right now. I don't think I can, but I mean, 37 games played, 30 and a half sacks, 74 totals, six forced fumbles. Yeah, he does it all by himself. Does a really good job. Good player. Let's get into that one other storyline before we get into games. Colin Kaepernick had a try on Saturday. It was interesting to say the least. He had some really good passes. There was one deep ball he threw that was a beautiful throw. Did you see that pass, the deep ball? The one off, it was like uh, he threw it like to the top right. Yeah, it was like the far right. It was like, it looked like it was like a 50-yard throw. It was 60, a bomb. A yeah, bomb. yeah, yeah. 60-yard throw in the air the whole time. Um, But the whole situation, how it it started, you know, he was surprised that at first him and his camp were surprised that it – that it's coming so soon. And on a Saturday, not a Tuesday like normal. Yeah, and it's in Atlanta, so there's got to be some traveling, whatever, which is fine, I guess, the traveling part. But for the fact of the matter, for the fact of the matter is, I wasn't even speaking to the mic. I was like off to the side. For, for the fact of the matter is, is that he wanted press there. He didn't have it. He said, fuck that, we're moving to a high school field, and half the press didn't come, half the teams didn't show up, but there is eight teams that are interested. And one of the teams, I think, is the New York Jets. I think this is a setup. Explain. A setup on a whose part? Kaepernick. Okay. This is like this is a PR stunt from his side, not NFL's. Everyone's saying, oh, this is a PR stuff from NFL's side, blah, blah, blah. I think this was a PR stuff from Kaepernick's side. Because Stephen A says the same thing, and I think Jay Z thinks it's the same thing, too. Because, all right, if you're going to rent out, like, uh, if you're going to go, I guess, work out or rent out, however that works, a high school field, in most cases, you would think you'd have to get, like, uh, you have to give them a heads up, right? Right. So, that alone won. Two, when he got there, he already had all of his receivers and everyone who was there to help out with it, all with custom, like, uh, I'm with cap shirts and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So, like, obviously, you know. They didn't just pull these out of like a back closet or something. This was this was going on, and then the whole thing with the media, how like oh he didn't want them there, and then oh they were there at the NFL media, and then they weren't there, and then he goes to the high school field and they're there. It just seems like it was. It seems like it was planned. There was things about how Nike was going to be. He wanted he Nike wanted there he, for a commercial. He wanted he wanted it filmed. He wanted the whole thing filmed. Which they did, but I heard that Nike was going to be involved in the filming of it. 
but I don't I don't know. I think he had his people do it. Um, for the most part, it looked like some some people said like his throwing was like elite throwing, like deep down balls led the guys perfectly, very accurate. Yep. Um, the teams that are are that are listed according to CBS uh, NFL Insider Jason La Confora said that the seven teams were represented at the workout: Eagles, Chiefs, Redskins, Jets, Titans, Niners, and Lions. Out of all those teams, who do you think is the who has a shot of signing him or who wants to sign him? It's Eagles, Chiefs, Redskins, Jets, Titans, Niners, Lions. It's a team that needs a quarterback. Titans, right Redskins, Ti- Lions need one back. Lions. Stafford is out for three to six weeks. I think he would actually fit in really well in Kansas City as backup. Yeah, maybe. Right? Him and uh, Mahomes, similar style. I don't think he's going to end up there, but. Um, I don't see Eagles. I don't. I don't see Niners. I don't see Eagles. I don't see Niners. I don't see the Jets, especially after what Darnold did like, uh, yesterday. It's also the Redskins they play. I mean, true. I don't know, honestly. I honestly have no idea where he's going to land. I feel like I can't gauge it from any of these teams. Uh, I mean, teams we talked about last episode that we thought were going to be interested in him didn't go to his like private workout. I have no clue. Following the workout, you know, Kaepernick. Spoke to some scouts and I guess whatever mini members were there. You know, one of the things he said was like, "When you go back, tell your owners to stop being scared." Yeah, that's not what you're in a job interview, dude. It's yeah, basically a job interview. You know, Stephen A. said like, you know, this paraphrase, of course, in that video he posted on Twitter and Instagram, which caught a lot of negative buzz. Yeah, a lot of negative buzz. You know, saying like, "Look, like, do you really really want to play? Do you really want to play football?" Because it seems like you don't. Yeah, but to me, like I, I, I feel like he does. But at the same time, it's like it's like a fifty-fifty. I agree. I think like Jay Z's yes. putting his neck out to get this. Like he's the one who put it together, right? Yep. Remember all the bad publicity Jay Z got when he joined oh, the, yeah. the NFL. Yep. And basically being Cadell's right right hand man. Yeah. Now this is like Cadell scratching his back. Yeah, but I mean, I, I. And like, I think Jay Z's even shocked with what happened with the whole changing, you know. Location. I think so. I think so too. But you know, is is it something that like you think that it's going to come out in a positive way where he's going to get signed in the next two weeks? I don't think he's going to get signed. Really? Yeah. Why? Just because like wasn't a good? Yeah, he, he had a great pro day. He had a great I, pro I, day. Not a pro, not a pro just, day. Just it was still out. shrouded in so many questions and. I think he'll get signed. I think he'll get signed. Really? Yeah, I think I think it'd be like uh, maybe the Lions need a quarterback to. Yeah. Because is it Driscoll? Uh, no, it's not. No, they don't have Jeff Driscoll. Who do they Jeff have? Driscoll's on the Bengals. Who's their back? I think it is Driscoll. Jeff I'm, Driscoll. Yeah, okay, I was right. Look at you. Good job. Lions back up. He stinks. Yeah. Stinks. The Bears beat him. Stinks. We'll talk about the Bears in a second. Bears stink too. <laughs> they benched Trubisky. Ridiculous. Um, I, I. So you don't think he'll get signed this year? What about next year? I, I think he's done. You really think so? I think he's done. So. I just. I don't know. I could see it happening. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think it's happening. All right. I think we shall happen. see. There's we there's. Enough time for him to get signed where a team that's maybe on the bubble 
to get into the playoffs or in the hunt. Yeah. Like a Titans in a team wild card a race. Team. Yeah, they're trying okay. to try to get in. Um let's move on to some games. Let's t- let's let's kick off the NFL games with Lamar Jackson. Uh, is he the front runner of the MVP? I think so. He's the front runner in my mind. He had a fucking day, dude. One of the best days I've seen in a long long time. He had four total four passing touchdowns, 86 yards rushing. But the way he did it, the way he moved down the field with ease, with ease, and everybody's everybody's doing great. I mean, look, Mark Ingram had two receiving touchdowns. He rushed like shit, though, 48 yards. But still, in the defense, and they beat a very good Texan team, 41-7 yes. victory. They smacked him. I thought that was going to be the game of the week. They were 21 nothing and a half. Four, no, 14 nothing and a half. And they scored 21. It was ridiculous. It was an absolute blowout. Um, are they... One of the favorites to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, at this point, I would think at they have to. They have to be. The defense is playing out of their mind. Lamar's right now my MVP front runner. I don't, I don't see how they're not in the conversation. We, we, we on this episode of MVP frontrunners, we fucking it's like every week we're changing Rodgers, Wilson, Lamar Jackson. It's like every week we just change it. I'm in for. I mean. I still think it's Lamar versus Russ. Obviously, with the Seahawks being on a bye this week, that kind of hurt Russ's case for MVP, just because it's one more, yeah. Well, you know, one more time that Lamar has gets to have all the limelight, while Russ can't even obviously have a chance at getting on the TV. Um, I, I'm going with Lamar right now. He's on pace to break the quarterback rushing record this season. Who had it for it? Was it Steve Young, Vic, or it was uh, it can't be Cam. I think it might be I'm pretty him. sure it's Vic with 1,200 something yards. Fuck! I think he. I think uh, um, Lamar Jackson's around like seven hundred or eight hundred rushing yards. Yeah. Right now. Yes. Oh, like I'm almost positive. I checked yesterday. Damn! So he has twenty two hundred passing yards, nineteen touchdowns, five interceptions, and he has. Can you find the rushing numbers? Let's see. Yeah, it's Mike Vicks. It's Mike Vicks. Tw- uh. He's on pace right now to finish at twelve twenty seven, and the record is ten thirty nine, one thousand thirty nine yards. Okay, yeah, he has seven hundred eighty eight. So he's breaking that. Yeah, he's gonna shatter. I think. I, I, yeah, he has a lot of time. So I think I have Lamar right now as my front runner with Russ close behind. I mean, it could change week to week. All right, so now we have a clear look of all of the top those five quarterbacks that were drafted in the first round two years ago, right? Yeah. Rate them. Best to worst. So you have Lamar Jackson, Darnold, Mayfield, Rosen, and um, Josh Allen. All right, I'm going Rosen last, obviously. Yeah. I'm going to put then then Darnold, Mm -hmm. then Allen. Then Watson, then no. Jackson. No, I'm talking about like Watson was a dra- Watson was drafted three or four years ago. Oh crap! No, I said Mayfield. I need the names in front of me. Okay, I'll, I'll let, so I have Lamar Jackson one right now. I agree. Two is Josh Allen. Okay. Three is Mayfield. Yep. Four Darnold. Yep. Five Rosen. Yep, I agree. That's where I was going with that. Yeah, you were right. On the, you were like right there. You st- you put Watson. Watson's been in the league. I said Watson. Years. I had. I had Watson instead of Baker, Flip Baker, and Josh Allen. Yes. Boom. Yeah, Josh Allen played really well yesterday. But let's go to a game where it was a unbelievable comeback, 20-point comeback to beat the Broncos. The Vikings 
plucked like dog shit in the beginning of this game. And then Kirk Cousins is on a roll. He's on a roll. This Vikings offense on a roll. Everything's clicking for this Vikings team. They're now 8-3. and three. They're now a game back from the NFC South leading Green Bay Packers at 8-2. and two. I believe it, Kirk Cousins, nine touchdowns, one pick in his last five games. It's great. This past game, he had 319 for three touchdowns. Dalvin Cook did not really show up. 26 yards in the touchdown. But the receiving core, digs 121 yards. He TD. was all over the field. Rudolph, he made a bunch of great catches. Rudolph with the game-winning touchdown, 67 yards. Is this uh, the real Kirk Cousins we're going to see for the rest of the year and have this, this team kind of keep rolling? I don't think it is. Any moment, any moment, you, are we gonna, this bomb is about to explode, and you're gonna you're about to get a three interception game from Kirk Cousins. It's after, coming and ruin the season. Yeah. Oh, any week, this week, next week, one of those two. It's coming. Is Vic Fangio getting fired at the end of the year? Ooh, I don't think so. One year in. Yeah, I don't think one year deep they're gonna can him. Especially there's if they so had, many first they drafted Drew Lock. They're still you know yeah waiting on him. So like Zach Taylor is not getting fired for the Bengals coach. No, if they fire him, that's so messed up. So what are you doing? Up. Oh, you're, you go, you're 0 and 9. It's like, giving him a high school football team to, to work with. You have, like, was, is it Finley or Freely? Or oh, Finley. Ryan Finley. Finley. Yeah, Ryan Finley is your quarterback. When Andy They're Dal- one good player. They're literally one good player is hurt. Who? AJ Green. Yeah, and they have Joe Mixon, too. Oh, well, all right. Yeah, all right. He I produces. totally forgot about AJ Green. Like, I totally forgot he existed. Yeah, he's just been hurt, and I guess why bother playing him when you, you can't have a quarterback? True. Now, from one shit quarterback to, like, a, a quarterback that's actually playing good the last two games is Sam Darnold. This is another shit quarterback in there, Taylor. Yeah, I'm not afraid shit. to say it. I'm yeah, not afraid, I'm not afraid to, say to say it either. Fuck it. There, he is shit, too. Four touchdowns, though. Against no, the... I'm talking about the other quarterback. Not Darnold. High Haskins? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he's booty. He's playing like dirt. You, dude, we'll, we'll talk about Haskins in a second. So No, we'll talk about it now. Fuck it. We'll talk about Darnold in a minute. Did you see the video on Twitter of him, Haskins, begging his offensive line to help him? Yeah. He's like, what do I have to do? And one of the offensive linemen was like trying to talk to Haskins, and he's like, no, 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 fuck that. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> that is horrible. I mean, look at the numbers. He didn't play horrible. 214 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. He really just didn't have much to work with. He doesn't have much to work with. There was wise. no running game. No running game. Him and Terry McLaurin, shout out, wide receiver you, Ohio State. Um, they have a good connection. Yeah, that, I, I listened to the interview yesterday about him. They said, like, you know, he was pretty happy. And then Geis also had a receiving a receiving touchdown. And that was Geis' first receiving touchdown of his career. But, like, when you have, is it Ryan Griffin? The, Ryan Griffin, tight yeah, end. Tight end. For 109 yards. Yeah, he went off. Ryan Griffin, who was drafted sixth round in 2013. With the Texans for a while. For the University of UConn. Destroy you. UConn has a football team, barely. But let's talk about Darnold now. Darnold, 293, four touchdowns, pick 19 of 30. It's, they're not like, are Jet fans supposed to get excited for this? I don't think so. I mean, a little because, like, think about, like, earlier in the season. Like, this is kind of, or I mean, even the last season. This is the flashes he was showing. The three wins you have on the year is Cowboys, Giants, and Redskins. Cowboys was a fluke. It was like the weirdest thing. The only thing about Sam Darnold that's consistent is his inconsistency. That's right. The rest of the year for the Jets is Raiders next week, 
which came out with a big W against the Bengals. It's yes. not like a big W, but legit, they're like competing to get into the playoffs like for, as a wild card. Team. I love it. It I makes it, it so too. much interesting. I love Green in the playoffs. Then they have Reds, they have Raiders, Bengals, Dolphins, Ravens, Steelers, Bills. Bengals and Dolphins are are should be dubs. They lost to the Dolphins they be, three 100%. weeks ago, but they should like be. is Darnold an idiot for saying that they have a playoff? They, they can make it to the playoffs. They they can't lose. Like if they went out, they're nine and seven. And they're in the playoffs. Maybe if the Bills the Bills are the team that will fuck them at the end of the year. Imagine they're eight and seven and they're fighting for like a playoff, and the Bills are right there, and Bills should fuck it up. Bills right now are let's see. I don't know. What to do. uh, Bills are seven and three. Bills okay. are seven and three. Patriots already have the division. But imagine if the J- Jets were like one game away from the playoffs and the Bills fuck them up in the last game of the year. That would be the on. That would be the perfect way to sum up this Jets season. I'm going to the Dolphins game. Did I tell you that? Oh no! Nice. Okay. Jets Dolphins would be horrible. Jets Dolphins, fucking terrible. Get to see Fitzy out there. Fucking love Fitzy. Former Jet great. So, I think the Jets are not make the playoffs. It's I think it's clear-cut. We actually talked about the Jets with Asman on uh, on the second part of our podcast. He kind of goes in talking about how Gates is out. Actually, he has secured his role for next season as the head coach. Yep. Uh, you'll get his thoughts. My thoughts are like, he should not be hired again. He should be fired. Never, never coach again for the Jets. He's horrible. But let's talk about a guy that actually showed a little clutchness, which he didn't show two weeks ago, last That's week. That's right. That's right. Is Jimmy G in the Niners come out with a clutch W against the now 3-7 and seven Cardinals. This was a 16-point deficit. Huge win. Jimmy G, 424 yards passing with four touchdowns, two picks. Great fucking game. Absolutely sick game. This is what they needed. This is what Jimmy G needed and the Niners fans needed. They needed to see Jimmy G actually come clutch and play well. Like the fact that the Cardinals were leading in this game for the majority of the game. Not good. I must say, Kyler Murray's played a lot better than I expected. First couple games, three games were tough. They were rough, but now he's getting in the groove. He's getting out of the pocket and running that ball a little. He looks like a mini Lamar Jackson out there. Lamar Shackett is so much better than Kyle Murray. <laughs> but, look, Kyle Murray's had a rushing touchdown. He had two passing. Accuracy is 24-33. It's pretty damn good. I like it. For a guy who can't see over the offensive line, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. 24-33. Yeah, and Murray was so pissed at the end of the game after the loss. Because, look, you got to think of this. High school, never lost the game. Never lost a game in high school. Yeah, right, state champion. I think three years. When three, he, yeah, two, three years. That's insane. Yeah, I think when he transferred into the high school, I think he, when he was there, he didn't lose a game. One state championship every year. Then he went to then he went to Oklahoma, Heisman Trophy winner, won all the time. He was behind Mayfield, so he won. And then when he started, he fucking won. Yeah. Bowl games, won it, everything. And then he just said, "Like I'm, I'm used to winning." That's what he said. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right. He's pissed. There's not a lot around him. Like David Johnson's not the David Johnson from like two years ago. Nope. Larry Fitz is old, but he's actually playing pretty well. But he's probably be gone. If it's not this year, it'll be next year. Just overall, the 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 level of talent is just not 
up to what it should be for him to be able to you know compete. It's going to take level. a while for for that team to actually play well. Kingsbury needs to click with that offense, which it looks like it kind of is. They're kind of going now. They just got to start drafting. Yeah, and their, their season's done. They're three and seven and one. Yeah. It's, it's over. But they're trying to just compete, which they did last night, and unfortunately, just came out with a, an L. Patriots, on the other hand, did not lose. They're now nine and one. They beat the Eagles last night. Funny box score. You had Brady. Did not throw a touchdown last night, but his best friend Julia Edelman did. One of one with fifteen yard pass for a touchdown. No running game. Dorsett, who has about a billion touchdowns this year, feels like he had the only touchdown of the game for the offense. I watched this game. I watched mostly the last the last quarter at work. Carson Wentz, man, holy shit, horrible. Overthrowing Zach Ertz multiple times through one of the Zach Ertz to the ground in the, like the last couple drives. Like they're trying. Like there was one pass he threw over his head that would have been a 15-yard gain. First down, Ooh. I think it was like a minute or two left. Ertz was 20 of 40. It was just a touchdown. That's it. 20 of 40. It's horrible. I know it's 50%, but like it's, it's still bad. Wait. Wentz. Yeah. Ertz. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, Ertz. I was like, I, I what's happening there? Yeah, Ertz is throwing Ert, uh, Yeah, 50%, not good. Not good. And his QBR was 38. It's really bad. It was an ugly game all, all over. I mean, Zertz had a good game, 94 yards, but it was just like he could not get it done. Yeah. And this is what Ertz is I – mean, damn it. This is what Wentz has been doing <laughs> the last year and a half or so, year, two years, ever since that injury when he was like an MVP candidate. Yep. Now he's just not playing great. It's pretty embarrassing. And then they had so many opportunities. They were up 10 nothing, nine. They were up – yeah, they were up 10-9 to nine in the second quarter, and that was it. Horrible game. Absolutely dog shit of a game. Honestly, it was very boring. Very, I was expecting, you know. Kind of a shootout. A li- yeah, at least a little bit of a shootout. Some points being scored. Nothing. Yeah. All right, so that's NFL. Let's get into some Major League Baseball. We'll talk Astros with uh, Jake Asman, which is actually just me in the interview with Liam. We actually, I did the interview a day before this podcast. So Liam was yes. not here. I actually used an app to call him over the phone. So you kind of like hear like, like it is a phone call. But it's pretty clear. But let's talk about Cy Young and MVP. We we actually do talk about that with Asman, but just for us to we'll brush it over quick. We'll brush it over. Uh, I did my predictions pretty damn good. Dude. You nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. Seven for eight. Yeah. Right. They're eight. I got. The, I got Alvarez and Alonzo. Rookie of the years. Rookie of the years. You got coach and executive. Or no, no both not coaches. Both coaches. Both coaches. So that's four. You got you Cy Young. Got. Both Cy Youngs. Both Cy Youngs and... And one MVP. So seven yep. for eight. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Verlander received 17 to 30 first place votes. 300 Ks. He also released 3,000 Ks this year through a no-hitter. It's fucking ridiculous. You had Cole. It really almost was a toss-up. But for the fact... I mean, Could have been like a co-Cy Young. Yeah. I mean, there was, there's, there's been co-MVPs in the World Series. I wouldn't... That was, that was Greg yeah. Johnson and Kurt Schilling. I wouldn't have been shocked if it was co Cy Young, especially with them being on the same team. True, it was, but this this is just now another thing he can notch to his resume: Cy Youngs, MVP, World Series, maybe Kate Upton, Kate Upton, <laughs> three thousand Ks, fucking ridiculous. Now Jacob Degrom was one vote shy of being a unanimous voter. It's two years in a row. 
He received 29 of the 31st place votes. Over his final 23 starts, covering 152 innings, Jacob DeGrom had a 189 ERA and a Oh my God! It's a it, an opponent OPS of five thirty eight. Ooh, ridiculous! So stats: he was first in strikeouts, second in ERA, second in WHIP, which is I think Lima's favorite stat ever. It's my favorite stat ever. I love uh, WHIP. Third in innings, third in ERA plus. It also led the National League in both the Baseball Reference and Fangraphs valuations of WAR, pitchers' WAR. It's pretty high WARS. Um, this is some more wild stats. I love stats. Um. Um, among five NL starting pitchers, uh, NL pitchers to reach 200 innings threshold, Degrom's ERA was the best by 0.82 ERA number wise, which is the wide margin. He became only the the only qualifying star in the NL in in 2019 and 2019 with two straight seasons of a sub one WHIP. Fucking ridiculous. That's insane. And about that win loss record, it's about a one eleven and eight record this year, which just stinks. I mean, imagine you have. All those numbers and like a an eighteen an, offense. an eighteen and nine record. Yeah. So it's it's just that just pisses me off. And then the best out of all, now Degrom finds himself on a list of back to back Cy Young Award winners. Now listen to all these pictures. Okay. Cy Young. I'm sorry, Sandy Koufax. I don't know why I read Cy Young. So, so that's one you want Cy Young won the award his entire life. Yeah, basically five hundred eleven <laughs> wins. Do you know that? What? Cy Young has five hundred eleven wins. Holy shit. He has over 300 losses. Most wins, most losses of all time. What? Yeah, I think the most losses ever. I'm That's positive. crazy. Damn, I did uh, not know he had that many wins. So the, the back-to-back Sayomar winner list is Sandy Koufax. Hall of Fame. Danny McClain, not Hall of Fame, but he's the last guy to win 30 wins. He's what? not in the Hall of Fame? No, I don't think he was that like that amazing. He had of Career-wise. Years, yeah. he had very good. Jim Palmer, Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Roger Clemens. Hall of Fame. He did back-to-back Cy Youngs twice. That's disgusting. 86, 87. Ten years apart, bro. He had 97, Ten years 90. apart. Dude, he, he was ridiculous. Uh, Greg Maddox. He did it from 92 to 95. Yeah, that's disgusting. That's ridiculous. Uh, Pedro Martinez, Randy Johnson, two Hall of Famers right there. The freak, Tim Lincecum. Yes. Clayton Kershaw, and then Max Serger, six from 16 to 17. So this list with DeGrom, is he going to be a Hall of Famer? That is the question after this list. Oh, yeah. Is he a Hall of Famer? I think so. He's putting up numbers like this. I'll look up you can't you can't deny that. Yeah. I, I think it's just too hard. I mean, especially when you put him on a list like this. You put him on a list with guys that are the back-to-back Cy Young Award winners like that. It is tough. So his career stats: he's six years. He started at age twenty-six, so it's a little late in the game. Yep. Right. His career ERA. He has a six-two-six ERA in six years. <coughs> With a sixty-six and forty-nine record, he has two six-two ERA. What I say? Six-two-six. God, yo, I, I think I have like something's wrong with me. I'm having a stroke. <laughs> uh, yeah, I a two two six-two ERA. I was looking at the winning percentage uh, for one year. It's a six-three-six in uh, fifteen, but t- over twelve hundred strikeouts in six years. A rookie of the year, two-time Cy Young Award winner, three-time All Star. There's a there's a, a a possibility he could be in a, a Hall of Famer if he if he wins a third Cy Young, if he wins three or four more if he wins two more Cy Youngs or something like that maybe one more yeah he had two home runs this year too yeah he could crank him out too there's a possibility I think he could be a Hall of Famer damn he bat two hundred this year dude as a pitcher that hits a lot it's not bad it's That's pretty good good yeah he's getting paid money though do you know how much money he's getting paid the next 
a uh, couple years? No, what's his contract? Oh my goodness, it's a lot of money, a lot. He's probably a thirty, right? So nineteen, two thousand nineteen, made nine million. Okay. Then he got the extension. Yes. Twenty five next year. Yep. Thirty five and a half the year the year after that. Damn, they backloaded the hell out of that. Then thirty five and a half again. But he may opt out after 2020 season. He has that opt-out clause. Bro, why is he opting out at 70 mil? If he stays, at age 35, he's making 32 and a half. And at age 36, he's making 32 and a half again. But that's a team option. So, so career to date, maybe incomplete. He has, he's made $21 million. This is before the, wow. big, the big contract. Does not include future salaries. Parentheses, $128.5 million. Ooh. That's future salaries. Yeah, you're going to accept those options, Jake. Ah, uh, you should. You're accept those. Do, who cares if you're averaging 10 wins a year? That's right. You're averaging almost $30 million a year. <laughs> Fair enough. 10 wins, $30 million? Ah, fuck Deal. it. No, it's $3 million. Third place, man, at least. Ah, fuck <laughs> it. Why not? Let's go to MVPs. Now, just remember, the ballots were set for all the awards set before the start of the postseason. Of course, it's all regular season stats. Yes. Uh, Trout won his third MVP of his career. 17 to 30 play, first place votes, which is 355 total points. Went to Trout. Bregman was done. Second with 20 points behind him. And then Marcus Simeon with third. And, which is really funny, that DJ LeMahieu was fourth, which kind of pisses me off, mm-hmm. which should have got some votes. But the weirdest shit of all, Guy who was tra- who played early in the year with the American League was the Toronto Blue Jays center fielder Kevin Pillar, then traded to the Giants at the halfway point. This motherfucker got one MVP vote. Kevin Pillar. Now I gotta look up his stats. I didn't even look him up before. Who voted for him? His I friend? His mother? Yeah, right. What? I don't know. Kevin Pillar received a, a first place vote. That first place vote could have went to somebody else. Yeah. It's outrageous. It's absolutely outrageous. So this year, Kevin Pillar. All right. So career wise, he's a a uh, career. He's a two sixty one hitter. This year, holy crap! With the Toronto Blue Jays, he played five games. He batted oh sixty three with one RBI. Then he traded and played one hundred fifty six more games with okay, the Giants. Good. He played one hundred sixty one games, one hundred fifty eight hits, twenty one home runs, eighty eight RBIs, and batted two fifty nine. Well, wow. He actually That's a lot of home runs. Yeah, but not you're not batting two fifty nine with twenty two home runs and eighty something ribbies and getting MVP votes. No. So other guys that were tied for twentieth or twenty first, whatever it was, with him with one first place vote was Paul Goldschmidt, who's fucking legend. Yep. Kevin uh, uh Colt Wong and Max Scherzer. Oh my and Kevin Plar. Kevin Plar, get out of here. What a dickhead. So back to Trout. General stats is here, 45 home runs, 104 driven in, 291 average. And only, he only played, I think, like 134 games. Yeah, that's insane. So a wild stat here. He's 28 years old, and he's finished first or second in MVP voting in seven of the eight full seasons. There was one here he finished fourth because he missed 60 games. This guy's a tank. Ridiculous. Trout became the 11th t- third time MVP in the history of baseball. Only Barry Bonds has seven MVPs, which is the most of all time. But Trout is 28 years old. How many more MVPs did he get? A billion? At least two or three, you'd think, right? Two or three more? Yeah. I think so. It's ridiculous. 
some advanced stats he led in Fangraph War, OPS, OPS Plus. Trout's career uh, off uh, career war off baseball reference amongst the uh, some recent Hall of Famers. Alan Trammell's with 70%, a 70 career war. Ron Santos, 70. Tony Gwynn, 69. And he could pass Joe DiMaggio in 2020 with 78. And Trout has 72 and a half. So he's passed 20 wow. games, which is ridiculous. I look at baseball reference war more than Fangraph. Okay. Personally. But they're both pretty good. Now, this is the one you got right. Cody Ballinger. I picked yes. Yelich. Your boy Yelich. First time boy Ballinger winning the award. He got right. 19 of the 31st place votes in the NML. In, in the NL. Mm-hmm. Uh, Runner-up, Christian Yelich. Got 10 of those. And then Anthony Rendon from the Nats got... Just lonely one. The lonely one. Mm. Offensive stats. I ran him off last pod, but Bellinger, 47 home runs, 115 ribbies, Fuck, dude, 305 so. batting average. Third in OBP, and then second in slugging runs and extra base hits. Third among NIL fielders in 19 defensive runs saved, and then tied fourth with 10 outfield assists. Monster. Pretty monster. Did you see the video of him crying with it? Like on, I posted it on, the, on, our, on our Instagram. Yes. It I was love pretty it. emotional. His mom is hot as shit. <laughs> oh my god! Did you see his mom? I saw his mom, Taylor. I saw his mom. Smoke, <laughs> smoke. I just had to say that. But so that's our that's that end of the awards in 2019 is officially wrapped up. Baseball is done. Though. Officially done. That's what I say. It's officially done. Season's not over until award season's over. Yeah. Write that on a t-shirt. All right. Print Let's go them. to college basketball. James James Weissman, fucked. Get so Memphis has declared James Wiseman ineligible to play after he dropped the lawsuit versus the NCAA. Uh, he withdrew. He withdrew his lawsuit on Thursday. So then Memphis has to declare him ineligible to play. They will hold him from games. The school also announced that it will be a reapplying for. It will be applying for his reinstatement to the NCAA. The school said in order to move the matter forward, the university has. Declare James ineligible and will immediately apply for his reinstatement. Pending that notification, James will be withheld from competition, but will continue to practice with the team. The NCAA is fully aware of our unique nature and challenges in this particular case, and the university is confident that the NCAA will render a fair and equitable decision consistent with its mission. James Wiseman, so far through Memphis's first three games, is averaging 20 points, 11 boards, and three blocks. What are your thoughts on this? My thoughts on this, probably a good move for Memphis. think so. Yeah, just on the long run because James Wiseman, in all reality, he doesn't care. He's going to be gone in three months. He's going to be making millions of dollars playing in the NBA. What for Memphis I think this matters is, yeah, it doesn't matter for James Wiseman, but down the road if the NCAA did come down and said, hey, like you guys didn't abide by our laws. You played him anyway. You didn't. Not let you didn't take him off the court when he, we we were saying he's ineligible. They could come down and like find them, suspend them, worst case death penalty him. Yeah, I think a good move by Memphis. Dude, I think the Warriors might get him. The Warriors stink. The Warriors are horrible. Worst team in the NBA, brother. Knicks uh, right behind. Imagine yeah. if the Warriors get him and then get Curry back and Clay Thompson next year, and then trade Russell for uh, like a a big. Yeah. Then or another big, because Wiseman's obviously a big. And then they're set. Yeah. Oh, my God. Then they're good to go for another five years. Oh, my God. That would be, be the most fucked up thing. Imagine, but, like, the Knicks, like, are the number two pick, and they don't get him. 
Yeah, but there's so many guys coming out this season. Yeah. I ain't stressing. Anthony, Anthony from Carolina is dirty. I want LaMelo Ball. I know you do. Fucking. At this point, with this is, we're it, jumping it, in. It would the... be the most Knicks thing ever to get a fucking controversial name. They absolutely. Bro. And then guess who will be around all the time? Could it get any worse? No. Just bring on the chaos at this point. I'm all about it. Bring on the chaos. Fuck it. College football, there was a ton of fucking chaos. The AP poll is out, but I don't really care about that. I care about college, the college football playoff. Yes. But the poll is a bit updated. LSU is one, Ohio State two, Clemson three, Georgia four, five, Bama, six, Oregon, seven, Utah. Oakland was bumped up to eighth, Penn State nine, and then Florida bumped up to tenth. I don't agree with that at all. You think Oklahoma should be higher? Lower. Lower? Maybe stay at 10. I think they could be Penn State. I'm disappointed as fuck. Can I just go into my... Can I just go into a rant, please? No. No? Um, you I know just, what? I'll allow it. I'm really angry. I'll allow it. We're, we'll hit our teams first. You'll yeah. lead off, and then I'll round out. And then, uh, and then we'll get into the best games of yes. this week. I'm fucking furious. So, <laughs> Oklahoma, number 10 Oklahoma, played in, at Waco, Texas. College game day was there it, versus number 13 Baylor. Fucking A, dude. This game was giving me headaches. Headaches! Giving me headaches! <laughs> so my, at my house, couldn't watch the game because my dad was like getting a 60th birthday party here. A bunch of family here. It was retro themed. You guys didn't have the game on? Dude, my, my stepmom doesn't like the whole game thing on. It wants like a family atmosphere and like turn the game the off. The fam is from Oklahoma. No, but it was my it was my stepmom's side of the family. Oh, I thought it was your dad's family. I wish because the game would be on. Okay, okay, okay. So the game was not. I was getting game cast on my phone, and then my dad was, you know, having a good time. He didn't want any bad vibes. And I just walk up to him. He's like, we're down by 10. We're down by 15. No. It's 20. We're down. We're fucking. And my dad's like, get away from me. <laughs> I'm flipping out. So this game, at once, at some point, the Oklahoma Sooners are down 28-3. to Now, big number. Everyone knows 28-3. Patriots are down to Falcons 28-3, and they won the Super Bowl. That's right. Parnell Motley, who I mentioned him quite a few times on this fucking on, on this podcast. Yes, defensive back, right? Corner. Corner. Yes. Horrible. He said that he watched the game with a bunch of buddies, highlights of it, a couple of nights before the game. This game? The Patriots game, 28-3? Yeah. Okay. They watched it a couple of nights before this game, and it happened. They came back 28-3, 34-31 win. The game, it was a field goal with about minute 45 left. And then they almost picked the ball off. And then the next filing play, they picked the ball off. Game over. The fact that this game took a turn for the worst, and but then the Oklahoma came back and made it into a positive, <laughs> in my opinion, I think they're going to drop in the standings because they almost lost to a team that's lower ranked than them. And the fact that it was they almost got blown out. Then you also look at the other side that there could be a way where they could boost up because of this amazing comeback. I think they're going to stay at 10 or they're going to drop me one or two, maybe one spot, 11. Drop it. They're not going to be going up. I can't see it. I think they're going to go up. To what? <laughs> Eight or nine. Then who's dropping? Minnesota. Minnesota. Minnesota is dropping out of the top 10. Iowa might come up to the top 10. They were 20? Yeah, they might come up to the top 10. They're one of the best defense in the country. And they just killed Minnesota. I can see Oklahoma going up to... Uh, ooh. 
I can see Iowa coming in at 10, and then Penn State going up to 8, Oklahoma going up to 9. Okay. I just... I would. Oh, I, you know what? I like that, Taylor. A little 2-8 matchup for us in uh, Columbus this weekend. Oh, that'd be nice. It's, that's nice numbers right there. So... Uh, it's just, it'll look better than like a... Just get me out of the 9 or 10. I want like a top 8 team. Yeah. I mean, th- this game pissed me off because... They were out. They were without the best receiver they had, C.D. Lamb, which scared the shit out of me. But Jalen Hurts played out of his mind. Thirty for forty-two passing, uh, almost three hundred yards. Um, it just still, it still gave me so much stress. He fumbles the ball in the end zone. He, I think he fumbled it three times. He tweeted, oh, "I got to be better protecting the ball." Like no shit, dude. Yeah. You know, it's like the guys no were so shit. excited on the sideline, but you guys almost lost the Baylor in Waco. And the season would have been done, 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 done. Big done. Would have been eight and two, whatever. Yeah. Oh. Nine and two. Nine and two. Yeah. It would have sucked, but I'm happy they won. I just don't know what the line ranking is going to be. Now talk about your team beating a bunch of children. <laughs> beating a bunch of children is right, Taylor. Uh, so Ohio State was in Jersey at Rutgers this Joy-Z. weekend. Joyzy. Joyzy. Uh, Justin Fields. My God, I love this man. Um, threw for a career high, 305 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, they actually stomped Rutgers, 56-21. <laughs> Ohio State uh, has its their 16th win, 16th straight win over the last two seasons. Good. Uh, I mean, and they've been outscoring opponents by over 42 points per game, the biggest margin in the nation. Oh my they are God. favored by 51 points in this matchup. I know. And you know what the spread is for the Ohio State-Penn State game? It scares the absolute shit out of me. Slow. Slow. What is it? 18 and a half. <gasps> when it was oh! last night. Oh, my God. It's yo, it, Wait, that, that's today? You saw it today? I looked last night. Oh, dude. It's, you're going to. It's going to change. It'll go. It's going to go down. It's, it's going to go down to like maybe like a, t- a ten or a seven, seven and a half, ten and a half. I'm going to say. You think it's going to go down that much? What? You think it's going to go down? Yeah, but it opened at eighteen. That scares me so much. But anyways, Buckeyes, uh, they they won. Keep that path toward a possible national championship coming up. They have major games, like we said, Penn State this weekend, and then Michigan next week. <sighs> That's going to be tight. They can't lose shit. They cannot. Hey, they got to win out, brother. That's what I like. Gonna went out. Now let's talk about the big games over the weekend. Jake Fromm and Georgia beat their arch rival Auburn twenty one to fourteen victory on Saturday. Fromm three touchdowns. Big time. Georgia's defense delivered in the clutch. And they did clinch the Southeastern Conference Eastern Division. So the SEC East. Yeah, it's big for Georgia. Georgia they won fifteen of their last nineteen meetings with Auburn. So just completely dominate Jesus them. Jesus Christ. Georgia was outgained 329 to 251 yards, though. Fromm's not a guy who's going to throw for 400 yards. No, he's not. 300 yards. He's a two 200 guy. Yes. Auburn, they just struggled, continued to struggle offensively against the top teams in the nation. Their defense remains good enough to keep them in most games, but... Oh, yeah, they had, their head coach on the tip of my tongue. Auburn's? Yeah. Is, uh... Damn, I should know this. Stat department. Come on, Taylor. Get on it. I I should know it. I actually do know. Oh, 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 Gus Malzahn. Yes. Hot seat. Yeah? I think it's like w- w- like two years in a row they've had two losses, three losses, whatever. Yeah, no, that's true. Since well, that crazy, like, Iron Bowl win. Yeah, Chris Davis. Yes, that's right. So, but uh, Auburn has now fell to one and three in games against teams ranked in the top 11. See, that's big. Malzahn might get fired at the end of the year. Losing to all three top team, th- top uh, 
Uh, two top ten teams. Yeah, it's tough because because it's that's what that that's the only way you're going to advance in the SEC. That's true. Beating these top ten teams, you have to, because there's so much there's so much to work with. You get, you get your ass handed to you to Alabama yeah, every year, basically. Yeah, uh, I think Georgia's going to stay put yeah. where they are at number four. You think so? I think so. Alabama's. I don't think they're going to ride up, especially because the committee takes uh, injuries and everything like that into account. Let's, do you want to just talk about that real quick? Yeah, why not? Tua got a hip surgery today. From what I heard, it was going to be today. I got this, this statement yesterday about Yeah, it. they won't know the recovery until it's finished. Well, you know who had a hip surgery, one of the most famous players of all time. Just like this. Bo Jackson. Yes. Career was never the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, he also played baseball and football, but he was also a running back who took a lot of hits. Yes. Tua was getting over an injury, and now he has this one. He had the ankle surgery. So. Right, which he recovered a little too fast. Yeah. Alabama's doing something in the water. Something's definitely, in the water. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. But what does this do for Tua for his future? Draft-wise, definitely concerning. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to, like, he's going to rehab. He's not going to be able to do any, too much in combine or anything like that, I'm assuming, right? Like pre-draft. What year, what year is he? He he can go out this year. But do you think he's he will? He's junior. Do you think he will with, this, with the injury? See, well, I think he can go either way. This is going to be the decision he has to make. So he can go into the league and probably not be taken as high right now, right? Right, with a dislocated hip. I mean, he'll be a Think about round. it. Pa- f- Patriots take him. First round this season. Oh, my God. I see that happening. But, anyways, this is the thing where he's between. He can either go in right now to the draft right. and probably be a late first-round, second-round pick. I think it would be, be a first-round pick, late first round. Or he, what was he beginning of the season? Top five lock? Top three. Top three lock? He could go back next season and play and try to get back up to that top three status. Well, but that- does he risk going back knowing that this hip thing could well happen yeah, right over again. But if he waits till next year, it would be him and Trevor Lawrence, basically one two. Yeah, quarterback wise, because Lawrence Lawrence had a horrible year this year. Oh yeah, no, he's play, he played like booty. He's this not year. playing what he should be playing. I think two will come out. Mm-hmm. I see him getting drafted late first. I would kind of like this is like I don't want this to happen, but I kind of just wanted to see it just to see what would happen. I want the Pages to draft him. Do they have a first round pick this year? They do a first round this year. Dude, that'd be wild. Imagine that. Oh, I I'd love that. That'd be awesome. Let's fuck, move on. Fuck Jared Stidham. He's the yeah. Oh yeah. Get fuck, fuck Jared Stidham. Uh, speaking of Jared Stidham, what is? Oh, Auburn, Alabama. Little uh, quarterback right know, there. Is, uh, Stidham is the most prototypical. Like looks like a, a Patriot quarterback. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh but yeah. Just stinks. He's like he's got like that like he's Brian Horror before Brian Horror shaved his head. Right. He's got that look. Just stare. He was such an average quarterback in college. <laughs> He was yeah, so he really average. was. He did like he did just enough to win games. Yeah, and just enough to get into the league. Right, just enough. All right, so let's move on. We have an upset. Uh, number twenty, Iowa mm-hmm. beat Minnesota. Number eight at home. Nate Stanley, Iowa's quarterback, threw two touchdown passes, and Tyler Goodson, their running back, ran for another score to help Iowa beat Minnesota, twenty three nineteen on Saturday. Handing the Gophers their first loss. Hurting their the shot. Season. Yeah, hurt, definitely hurting their shot for playoffs. I think destroying their playoffs. Not destroying, I, I, I think they eliminated them from playoffs. Yeah, games. yeah. All right. I don't think they're getting I think the playoffs. Nuked them. Definitely took a hit. They're still in command of the West Division. They have two games in hand. They play Northwestern next week and then close out the season against Wisconsin. Iowa uh, had their fifth home win. 
on October 30th or later over a team with serious national title aspirations since 2008. So they're clutch late. It obviously shows. They've talked all week about not having any pressure um, concerning their division hopes. Their current Iowa's currently third place in the Big Ten West behind Minnesota and Wisconsin. Hmm. Where are they going to be bumped up to from 20? They're going to be a, definitely a like a like a 13? Yeah, I would say probably they'd get above 15, I would think. Yeah, you mean you beat a top 10 team? Definitely, yeah. I feel like if you beat a top 10 team, you up, jump up a ton of spots. Oh, big time, yeah. I, I They're definitely going to be in the top 15. May, maybe scratch that 10 spot. You think well, so? Well, if they bump far, they might bump far out, but... I don't know. We'll see. I think definitely top 15. And then let's move on. The last best game we'll round out. We had Navy, number 23, at Notre Dame, number 16. Notre Dame's wide receiver, Chase Claypool. Had a day, four touchdown catches to match the season record. Their quarterback, Ian Book, threw for five for the third time this season with Notre Dame winning their third straight game, 52-20. to Navy's lead running back, Perry, averaged 130 yards a game this season. That's ridiculous. He had nothing, nothing pretty much nothing, besides a 46-yard run late in the first half. Navy's defense... Normally, this season, just allowing 310 yards a game, <laughs> they allowed 300 at halftime. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah. I didn't watch this game at all. No, they got Immersed. Irish ran all over them. Yeah, uh, And then Notre Dame's Ian Book, like I said, he threw five touchdowns for the third time this season, completed 10 passes in a row after throwing his second incomplete. He also added 31 yards on five carries. He said, I feel great. I'm confident with all the guys on this team. The defense is doing an outstanding job getting us the football. Our offense is starting to roll. It's awesome. Is this like your second team? This is 100. This is, yes, Taylor. This is your second team. You can tell, I'm assuming. Yeah, I just forgot. Liam Murphy, Taylor. Who else can I root for, bro? Gotta be the Fighting Irish. No, they're definitely my second team. Like, you know, my dad, obviously, being the driving Irish force, didn't go to any major, major university where you're going to have rooting interests. So, from day one, I was a Notre Dame Irish fan. So, if it's Irish. It's in the blood. if, If the Irish play the Buckeyes. I'm, I'm Buckeyes. Yeah, all day. we've yeah yeah we've had this before. Obviously, yeah, with my brother going to Ohio State, just being I guess like brought up Notre Dame fans, it's a little conflict, but conflict of interest. We're Ohio State. That's where the that's where the money is. Oh, I owe. That's what? right, Taylor. I expect to be hearing that a lot this weekend, baby. No, I'm not saying shit. <laughs> I'm not wearing any red, just some crimson red. Wear my Oklahoma Bosworth jersey. Oh, and okay. Get jumped. It's a little red. All right, let's get into NBA. Melo. Oh, Melo's back. Oh, I thought you were saying, hold on. I was like, what? I forget. That's right. Melo's back. He has agreed to terms on a non-guaranteed contract with the Blazers. I believe if he plays through January, then it will be a fully guaranteed contract. Whoop, whoop. Hell yeah. They definitely needed help at, uh, you know, just in the bigs in in general, specifically the power forward position. Zach Collins, Yusuf Nurkic, and Pau Gasol are all injured. Zach Collins is a big loss. Good, good, good. Yes, that's right. So their only anchor right now is Hassan Whiteside. Unfortunately, he can't play. In the end of games, because he can't shoot free throws, but his defense stinks too. Like he just—he's like, a rim protector. But besides that, he he plays like horrible man-to-man man-to-man defense. If you get yeah, you get him out, like out on the stripe, out on three-point line. Yeah, guards can cook him easy. Yeah, absolutely, so easy. But Dame Lillard, you know, probably Trailblazers' best player. He's been very vocal on social media about about getting mellow on any NBA roster. It's been over like a year and a half, right? That he's been tweeting. Absolutely, I've seen it for a while. So much about Melo. Finally, he gets Melo on his roster. Last season, Melo shot 4.5% from the field and just under 33% from beyond the arc with the Rockets. You like it? I like this. 
I like this big time. You get Dame, CJ, a little mellow action in there, some white side. And then once you start getting the guys back, like I named Zach Collins, Yusuf Nurkic, Pau Gasol, that team's going to be I heard, ready to go for the playoffs. I heard it's going to be like, he's going to be playing like 15 to 19 minutes. Mellow? Yeah, he'll probably have like a, I see like an eighth man roll off the bench. Definitely not a sixth man when he's going to be worrying about getting anything close to 30 minutes. Maybe teens. Remember we talked about Mellow and that he's ever come back and he yep. needs to like kind of realize that he's not what he was before. Yeah. He wasn't, he's like the shell of the man he was now. Yeah. You know, and he needs to like realize, oh, look, I am eighth. Ninth guy off the bench. Exactly. I'm not a volume shooter. I'm not shooting anymore. 35 times a game. Yeah, exactly. So. I think he finally accepted that role. Well, it's been a year, almost a year and a half, right? <laughs> it, took him a, it took him a long time to accept it, but he did it. And he's like, all right, <laughs> I'll play. I'll go sit on the bench. I like it. What, do the Trailblazers play the Knicks at all? Oh, definitely. Yeah? Uh, I think they played once so far this season. I think they'll play again. Are they playing in New York? I don't know off the top of my head. That would be dope. Imagine. That would be pretty dope, though. I think anywhere. Regardless, seeing Mel on the court is going to be dope. I'm very excited for that. Me too. Let's move into another thing I'm very excited about. Mm-hmm. The Celtics' 10-game win streak has been snapped. They're so good By the year. Kings and Buddy Heald. So Buddy Heald put up 35 to Boomer. help. Boomer. The, oh, yeah, you're right. Boomer. To help, uh, the Cel- uh, the, help the Kings snap the Celtics' 10-game win streak. Since their season opening loss, the Celtics were undefeated. That's... 12 games, uh, no, not 12 games, uh, 10, 10 game win streak. They're 12 and 2. The NBA's longest win streak is officially no more. Celtics lost 100 to 99. And the Celtics still first place in the East. They're sitting atop the East with a 10 and 2 record. The Kings struggling out there in the West, tied for ninth at 5 and 7. Are they legit, Celtics? Celtics are 100% legit. Team of the East? Just the. Just the contrast alone between Kemba and Kyrie, completely different team. I mean, Gordon Hayward's out still right now. He'll be out another six weeks. When he gets back, this team, scary. And they're scary right now. Scary. Definitely scary. All right, so that's part one of our podcast. Next, we're going to be doing an interview with Jake Asman, and then you're going to hear our anchor ad, and then we're going to go dive right into, of course, special segments. we got a ton. So... All right, here is our boy, Jake Asman. Okay, let's welcome on our guest of the year. I'm, I'm just going to lay that out right there. Guest of the year, he is the host of the, the main event with his co-host Cody Stutes on the SB Nation radio. It's our boy, Jake Asman. Jake, welcome back. It is an honor to be back, Taylor. Thank you for we having me. No Liam this time. I miss Liam, but uh, I'm good to get hoping to get a chance to catch up with you. How you doing? Oh, you know what? I'm doing pretty good. Podcast is doing great. But us baseball fans are pretty pissed about what's going on in Houston. And I know you are front and center in Houston. You got all the knowledge about the Astros. You've been there for a couple of years now, so you know what's going on. And I'm sure it's a number one topic on the on the radio for for you and, and for Cody. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our, our show we do is, is based in Houston, of course, but it's a national show, but it's such a big story. We've been leading the last two days of the show, you know, talking about it. And I've had a chance to fill in a couple times on ESPN Houston, uh, specifically yesterday. Uh, and, you know, it's the number one story right now on the local side, as you would expect as well. I, I mean, this is a massive story, and I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. You know, I think there's going to be new developments that continue to come out 
you know, as the baseball sits down and, and talks to more people involved with the 2017 team and sees if there was anything that was going on with this year's Astros team because there were a lot of allegations being made, of course, you know, during the playoffs and whatnot. So right. I think the story is far from over, but I think one thing is clear here. You know, if the Astros are you know, found guilty of these, you know, allegations and, you know, they're allegations, but you actually have someone on 2017 Astros, you know, putting their name to it and like fires. I think we're in for just an unprecedented punishment from baseball. And I couldn't even tell you, you know, what punishment that is, but things are going to get out of hand very soon if, if, if the reports are accurate and, and the investigation continues. Look, for me, when I first saw this unfold, the, the, the tweet, initial tweet, I have Ken Rosenthal's Twitter notification pushed, so I see everything. So I saw him and Evan Drellick put this amazing story together. I instantly got triggered, and I just said, oh, they should lose the World Series ring. And I know now I know that that is an extremely drastic, triggered fan reaction. <laughs> I think I think the punishment could be what I've heard from Jeff Passon. It was a two million dollar fine or draft picks, or you know, I heard other people say international, you know, signing money. But is that is that enough for what they, you know, for for what could be the the outcome of them actually cheating and it's actually true? Is that enough, or should it be more? Well, I think the biggest thing that will come from the story, if it's found that they did, you know, they were guilty, and let's call it for what it is. I mean, some of the videos that have been emerging, it's it, I mean, it's it, it's blatant that exactly what Mike Fires and the other three sources in that athletic article said was happening with the monitor and the banging of the trash can. I mean, you can see it and you can hear it when you go back and watch highlights that have been circulating on Twitter. So I, I think the biggest takeaway is just, you know, the reputation for the Astros and their fans. You know, they, the fan base has to nonstop hear about how, Oh, your championship's tainted, or you guys are a bunch of cheaters. Baseball's never going to take away that that World Series championship. But I think when we look back in history now, we're always going to note that oh, the 2017 Astros, yeah, they won, but they cheated. And there's going to be that but with the Astros in 2017 moving forward, and maybe you know other Astros teams. We'll see where this investigation goes. Um, I'm curious to see what happens here with Carlos Beltran and Alex Cora, who have been linked to this in the Athletic right. as you know the ringleaders, so to speak, with AJ Hinch. Do you suspend, you know? A.J. Hinch, is it on you know, the, the GM, Jeff Luno? Is he also responsible? I mean, you know, the NFL comparison is, of course, like Spygate, and Belichick got a big fine, and Pat lost the draft pick, and the team got fined. And then, you know, in football, you had Bountygate, and Sean Payton got suspended for a full season. So, you know, could you suspend A.J. Hinch for a long period of time? Is that a punishment? So there's so much uncertainty here on what they could do. I, it's unprecedented because we have never had a situation like this. You know, in the past, Harsh penalties, baseball is docked out with big fines and taking away draft picks have been for people like hacking into another team's database system and trying to get scouting information. I mean, this was on field in li- in live action in real time. <laughs> in real time. technology to steal signs. So it's, it's just unlike anything we've ever had with the sport. Now, it's, you have to look at it where it's this Astros team was unbelievable. 101 wins. Altuve wins the MVP. <laughs> you have guys breaking out and having these unbelievable seasons, yeah, add Verlander. Look, the team is stacked, no doubt about it. But adding this to the mix, it really tarnishes the team itself. And you can look at it as like, did Altuve really get a ton of help for his MVP season? Now, like I saw tweets, I've been following this thing for the last couple of days, just like you have, but there's been tweets of people tweeting out, 
you know, home and road splits for the playoffs. And I, I saw Altuve's batting average splits, 471, and I think it was on his road, it was buck 56. And for that one, won the MVP, that's a dramatic drop. It's dramatic. You're, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, the numbers are daunting if you look at it. You know, it's funny. Initially, there was some report, oh, well, they didn't do it in the playoffs. It's like, yeah, okay. And you know what they did? They did something different. Now it's alleged the bullpen catcher was the guy that was relaying signs around the bullpen by if he raised his arms a certain way, it was a breaking right. pitch coming in. If he didn't, well, then you knew it was fastball and a hitter could sit on it. So, I, I mean, this is widespread potentially. The big question is also, was it just the Astros? I mean, when Alex Cora came to the Red Sox, did they do something similar? Beltron. Now, you know, what, what was his involvement? And it, there's just so many uh, questions that need to be answered here. We just don't know right now. And I think that's what's terrible for the sport, that the Astros are coming under fire. You know, where there's smoke, there's fire with Houston. There's been allegations for a couple of years now that they're, they're up to some shady stuff. Absolutely. And, you know, now you have a player putting his name on it, and now it's on baseball to act, and we'll see what they do. Now, with, with Michael Fires doing this, you know, my instant reaction was, wow, we got a snitch on our hands. How can he do this? Why would he do this? And then when I actually got to read articles about it, I don't have the athletics, so I can't read the article, but I read Jeff Passes, which is kind of a similar article. But reading, you know, Fires' quotes and paraphrasing here is that, you know, he wants it to be, a, a, you know, a fair game for everybody. He's, he's warning the last two years when he was with the Tigers and A's that warning his guys that, look, this is what they do. Get ready. And for the fact that he also mentions that, you know, these young kids that get called up for a start or two and they get absolutely shelled in the first two innings and then basically they get sent down and who knows, that could be it for them. That was their shot to get some MLB experience and maybe continue on and then maybe their careers are done because of that. Now, I don't know for specifics, but that's what he's going as and that's what his opinion is and that's why he did it. I wanted to see what your like initial reaction was to hearing fires ratting out everybody, and that's my, I mean clearly my opinion has changed. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, you know, fires though. I will say he he did not it did not end well with him and the Astros. So you could say, oh, right. well, maybe he had an axe to grind. I mean, they not tendered him. He was left off the playoff roster. So maybe that has something to do with it. But regardless of like what you think of fires coming out with this, I mean, they got out right. So at the end of the day. The Astros were cheating, and it's a matter of, well, if they were cheating, and this could be proven now, what did baseball do, and just how widespread is this? Are, are the Astros just, you know, by far and away doing it more than anyone else, or are other teams using technology to do this? I, I mean, I don't know what baseball could do other than what I think they should do, which is ban all technology during games. You want to watch film, and, and you want to watch tape of guys before the game? Great. During the game, though, no technology. You can't go down to your clubhouse, and you can't be on your iPad watching film of a pitcher. That's all got to be done before and the game. And they're doing that. And, and, and you, know, you know, Microsoft is probably trying to get – I know Microsoft has this huge deal with the NFL. Like, they're on the field, the Microsoft saw, uh, surface, plus pads, and they're on the field on the sideline. The guys are seeing the previous plays or seeing tape on the sideline, and you're seeing tons of guys in the, in the, pro, in the show have their iPads – in the middle of the game, when the yeah, game chains and they're looking, you can't at, have it, can't right? Do it. And and maybe that's maybe one thing that they might do is that look, you can't do this stuff anymore. And the fact right. that that the banging of the of the trash can, you know what? It's it's weird. It's like how can we how as fans and or as TV people or radio people not like pick it up right away? 
you know, because it was yeah. so loud. It, it, well, when you listen for it, too, it's, you're just like, wow. It, 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 I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy. And that's right. why they had to change the system for the playoffs, allegedly, because it's too loud. And, you know, Minute Maid Park in a playoff game, you're not going to be able to hear on every pitch whether or not the garbage can is, uh, you know, being smacked or not. So, I, I mean, looking ahead, if, if baseball just has someone in every major league clubhouse during games, someone from the league that they hire that is regulating, making sure nobody is on any iPads or doing anything illegal technological-wise, they might have to do it. You know, let players go in the training room, let them use the, the bathroom or whatnot. But during the game, you can't go on the clubhouse and, and be on your phone or be on your iPads watching anything. And, you know, that might be the only way they stop this, just ban technology in-game. You know, before the game, you reward the players that do, you know, put the film work in and film study and remember the tendencies and bring that into their at-bats or their pitching appearances. But during game, don't allow it because I just think that the way technology is nowadays, there's just going to always be teams that are going to try and get an edge. And this case with the Astros is just about as outrageous as anything you can remember. Now, A.J. Hinch, Carlos Beltran, and Alice Carr get investigated, and I heard rumors spilling about your, the Astros' former assistant GM. He's getting – he's lawyered up now and who just was recently fired up during the postseason. Um, I think he's going to be getting interviewed as well, um, investigated as well. He's already spoke, Brandon Talman, the fired assistant GM. He spoke in uh, late October to MLB, and what was interesting is when they spoke to him, they asked him about the sign-stealing stuff in that interview session. It was more than just, you know, what he said to those uh, female reporters about Osuna that, you know, ended up costing him his job, of course. So right. this is far from over. Um, Beltran's going to have to speak with baseball. Alex Cora's going to speak with baseball. Uh, this is going to be, you know, a thorough investigation, as it should. I mean, this is very widespread, and or, or it potentially is very widespread, and who knows how many other MLB teams were doing something similar. We just don't know. Who is, I mean, when, they, when Ken Roosevelt was talking the other day on MLB Network, he mentioned that there's three other players with fires that have mentioned that there is such sign-stealing you know, the, the, the cameras and the, and, the, and the bang of the trash can. If you had to say, is it, is, do you think it's more of a guy that was on the roster uh, as of like right now, or is it a, a guy who was in the roster in 17 or 18? Like I, I thought like a guy, maybe like a Tony Kemp, who was not on a playoff roster in 17, but he was around that season just for a little, a little bit, but he was around the, the playoff series. And also, he was into, he was there through the entire 2018 season. So I feel like guys like that that are off the roster are are getting are, are sure investigated right now. I know the 2019 team is going to be investigated any minute now. Well, I, I, it's tough to pick names, right? I mean, Tony Kemp right. was a beloved when he was a beloved basher here. So, like, what, what's his motivation to speak out? That's why we don't know. The, the article said that these three unnamed sources. They, he, they didn't necessarily say they were players. They said people that were all, a part of the 2017 Astros. It could have been a staffer. It could have been an assistant coach. It could have been, you know, right. uh, you know, someone in the front office. So just someone that was with the 2017 team. The most damning part about all this is Mike Fires. He was on the team. He detailed the system, and now there's video emerging of them using that said system in action. So it, 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 to me, we're going to find out more information and then kind of just go from there. But I, I think when it's all said and done, I'd be shocked if we're not seeing just unprecedented punishment for the Astros and maybe other teams that are potentially involved here. I think this is just the beginning here. I think this yeah, is kind so of like you, you think there's be multiple teams coming out in the next month or so. 
I, I think it's naive to think that they were the only ones doing it, the Astros. I agree. But, I, I agree. but I also think that maybe they were the ringleaders of it, and they were the ones that were, you know, taking it to extreme measures and whatnot. You know, the Red Sox got fined for the Apple Watch thing a couple of years ago. Like, were other teams maybe doing that secretly? You know, who knows? But, like, that's what I mean. I just think we're, we're kind of at the, the tip of the iceberg here as far as the information that's going to come out with this story. I think each day, each, every couple of days, we're going to get more and more as this unfolds. Look, you know, for us media guys, we love the drama because it creates content for us every single day. But as baseball guys, huge fans of the game, this is horrible. This is, I yeah. mean, where, is, where would this rank amongst the worst things to happen to baseball? You had, you know, the, the shoeless Joe Jackson, the guys in, the, in, that, in that White Sox team cheating, betting on games. You had Pete Rose. You had the 1951, um, the cheating scandal, Robbie Thompson home run steroids, this, and there's probably others I just didn't even mention, but if you had to say it from what you know, where does this rank amongst the worst things that happened to the game? I mean, if they did this for the majority of the 2017 season, right, I, I think it's as worse as anything. You know, like, I, I think this is just terrible. I, I mean, what a, you're talking about a direct competitive advantage that you have in all your home games. And if they did it in the playoffs, that's just terrible. I, I, I think this is damning. I think this is as bad as any baseball story that's ever emerged. And it's funny, it's getting a lot of publicity, but imagine this was like the Yankees or the Cubs or the Dodgers. Oh, my God. It would be a way bigger story. It's just the Astros aren't like that team yet, but maybe they now will become that that hated team. But I I, I think this is a huge story, and I think we've only just begun with, you know, the magnitude of what we're headed towards. I think those teams like the Yankees, Dodgers, Red Sox, I mean, the Red Sox are kind of screwed right now. But the big-name teams need to get with their lawyers and get with their GMs and anybody of importance and say, look, let's stay out of the negative, <laughs> negative media and let's just continue to do what we're doing. Just Everyone just shut up. Don't even mention if someone asks you a question about it. Don't even talk about it because I find that uh, just an accident waiting to happen. Someone says something on accident and it just turns into a whole catastrophe and everything blows up. Yeah, I mean, you'll see, uh, like, when Astros players are at events in the offseason, and this is still going on, they'll be asked about it, and, you know, how do they respond? How do they answer the question? That's the, you know, are they just going to say no comment? Uh, I mean, Carlos Beltran told the New York Post, none of this happened. Well, he went on the record. Well, now he's being linked to being, you know, one of the ringleaders of it. So could he get in trouble? You know, right. could he get suspended potentially before he even manages the game with the Mets? I don't know. And, and but Van Wagenen came out and defended him saying that, uh, you know what, we weren't involved. I was not involved in this. I don't know anything about this. I didn't even watch the, the, the tapes about it. I even seen it before. So, you know, he's like, we shouldn't even be involved in this. So I can see what he's doing back up this guy, but, you know, Beltran is, is, in, is in some shit right now. Yeah. And, I mean, and that's, of course, it's the mess of all teams that are just getting involved into something where <laughs> just – Kind of fell on the lap and like Brody didn't even know about it. I mean, you, yeah, maybe you think it's not the Mets' it. fault. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not the Mets' fault. It's just you know, it, it, it's the circumstance here, and, and we'll kind of just see. You know, I, we're right. just kind of just getting to the, the very, we're still at the very beginning of all this. You know, and it's going to just continue to develop, and more and more info will come out. And if Beltran was found to lie, he's going to look bad here because he came out adamantly saying it never happened. Well, you know, Beltran saying it never happened. Mike Fires went on the record said it did happen. You know, who else will come out on the record and what else will baseball find when they do investigations? You know, we're going to get an idea. Maybe one more big name can do it all. But let's continue on. Let's talk about some positive baseball news. And then we'll talk about 
your New York Jets can get negative, and then we'll talk about Cortica, which you're going to be going to, and Zaleen will be going to as well. But the Cy Young and MVP were announced the past two days. Verlander wins. Were you shocked that Verlander won over Garrett Cole, seeing these guys every single day? I'm not shocked just because Verlander was so great, and Cole was just amazing for like the month of May on. There was nobody better than Cole. But Verlander, to do what he did at age 36, I think the voters were like, hey, this guy's older than Cole. Cole will have other chances. Let's reward the older guy for having a short season at his age. So I think that's why Verlander won. I mean, you couldn't go wrong with either one, right? And, no. You know, if the, award, if the award was, you know, including the postseason, then Cole would have won. So, you know, it is what it is, a regular season award. And then, you know, in the National League, obviously, DeGrom was amazing, and he deserved it. So I don't think there was any surprise with uh, either of the Cy Young Award winners for sure. And I looked up, and I forgot his age. He's, he's kind of, he, I think he's 31, I want to say. And the guy is going to be making $35 million to anywhere from 35 to $32 million in the next four years. And he's definitely worth the money, of course. But he continues to get better as he gets older. I, are we going to see another year or two of Cy Young performances from DeGrom if he can rack up some more wins? I mean, the win, it seems the wins don't even matter because he's getting strikeouts here. He led the league in strikeouts, um, let's see, second in ERA, second in whip, third in innings, third in ERA plus, and he was also led the National League in both the baseball reference and fan graphs uh, war for pitchers. So it seems like it, the one award that lo- everyone loves to see is that wins, but I guess year, more and more as the year goes, years go on, that wins don't even really matter anymore. I think DeGrom's going to win another Cy Young spot before he retires and have three with, like, with Verlander. It could be incredible. It's certainly possible. I mean, wins don't matter anymore. DeGrom's 21-17 and 17 over the last two years. He was on the Yankees or the Astros or, you know, the, the, the Dodgers. He would, you know, he'd win 20-plus games each of the last two years. It's a joke. He, he doesn't have more wins. He either, you know, throws seven shutout innings and he leaves with the game tied or he gives the best a lead and then the bullpen blows it. I mean, that's how it's been for DeGrom the last two years. It's a joke, but... He's been the best pitcher, and, you know, it's, he's worthy of winning those awards. And, you know, with a Rookie of the Year, two Cy Young Awards, he's on a Hall of Fame trajectory. And, obviously, if DeGrom can continue to stay healthy and have another solid three, four more years, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. That's the type of pitcher we're talking about. Unbelievable. And another guy who is a Destin Hall, first ballot Hall of Famer, is Mike Trout. He is now this, moves into second place all time with three MVP awards. Only Barry Bonds has more, which is he has seven. Dude, it's unbelievable. His, <laughs> I mean, you've, you've seen it, but I'm going to tell the, the listeners here. So his MVP finishes in the last eight seasons. So he was from 2012 to 2019, second, second, first, second, first, fourth, second, and first. It's, and he's 28 years old. So, and the one time he came in fourth, he, uh, he was hurt for a, a chunk yeah. of the year, and that's why he didn't win seven, it. It was like 60 games or so, 50 games. So it was... It was a lot of games. I think like 115 or 114. But is he going to become the greatest to ever lace up the cleats when it comes when it's all said and done with, with comparisons of guys like Bonds and, and Ken Griffey Jr. and or Babe Roots and the Dimaggio's and Garrigs and Mantles, whatever. So all these amazing players over a, in the prime of their careers. I mean, Trout is absolutely demolishing every record at a crazy pace. Yeah, I mean, he's playing his way to being that in in that talk, right? I mean, the guy he retired today is in the Hall of Fame. That's how good he's been. I think he retired but, three years ago. He's in the Hall of Fame. 
He might be. I mean, it's just stupid how amazing he is. And, and you know, he's got three MVP awards, and that's three three more playoff wins than he has in his career because he's only been once, and they got swept. Right. It's like you know, the Angels have the best player, you know, in this in this generation, and he's never playing in the playoffs each year. And it's, it's just a it's a real shame for for just you know the baseball fan that wants to see you know the the biggest stars on display, and you know Trout unfortunately is not on a team that has been able to get him there. And it just shows you, you know, you could be the best player in baseball, but if the rest of the team around you is not good enough, it's not going to matter. And I just hope for the you know, the sake of Mike Trout and, you know, people getting the chance to watch him in big games, the Angels get a team that could, you know, put them in the playoffs. I think they can be a playoff team in the next couple of years just because of two guys that they got, is Joe Madden and Mickey Callaway. Now, Mickey Callaway, you could sell he won as a manager. He was terrible. But as a pitching coach, he had success with Cleveland with an unbelievable staff. And he knew how to manage that staff with all the playoff experience he had. And we all know Joe Madden is a World Series champion and, and has won many division titles with the Cubs. And he's, won, he's been the World Series with the Rays. So do you think they could be a playoff team surrounding around Trout and Otani? And you even want to, you know, put names like Cole Calhoun out there, but they're going to have, um, was it Joe Adele, who was a, the top hitting prospect. Do you think you can see something like that in the next couple of years? Yeah, I mean, uh, they have money to spend, and they have, you know, some talent on that team. No doubt, it's just, you know, really have more of their damage now they're right here. You know, Joe Madden can play higher, but Joe Madden can only do so much if the talent is not good enough. So I, I just think you've got to see what, you know, what, what they do this off season, and obviously how they build upon some of the pieces they do have. You know Trout's great. You know they have guys in that lineup like Otani that are going to be there moving forward. You know they have, you know, money to spend. You know, they're going to spend it on a guy like Gary Cole. They're going to spend it on a, a free agent bat. Uh, what do they do to make the team better? That's what they have to consider because it, Mike Trout needs to be playing a big game. It's a joke. It is a joke. It's, it is a horrible thing that baseball can't, year in, year out, have Trout in the, in the playoffs. It's a absolute crime. It's, it's absolutely insane because we've seen uh, – he's a comparable guy to like a junior. who Ken Griffey Jr., one of the best of all time. How many times did he go to the playoffs? Not enough. Not enough. Like you, in, the mid, in the mid-90s against the Yankees when you scored to, to beat them, that, I mean, that's one of the only times you can think of that he was in the playoffs. I think that was the only time. Because those Reds teams stunk, and once he left Seattle, and it's really what it, it, it's really it. So I don't know. It's uh, we need Trout in the playoffs. But let's get to your New York Jets. We'll finish this up in the, in the next fifteen twenty minutes or so. Do you need a vent at all? Because we we have Jets fans that listen to the show, and they're uh, just as pissed as you are. But they did get a win last week against the G Men, which was an absolute travesty for Giant fans like myself. I mean, Jamal Adams, who is one of my favorite players in the league, absolutely embarrassed the hell out of Daniel Jones and stripping the ball out. So I, I need some, uh, some analysis from, from a Jet fan like yourself. Yeah, I mean, I really don't have much to rant about, honestly. I just, you know, the, the, the Jets kind of are what they are right now. I, I knew they were not going to fire Adam Gase in season. You know, I, I, let's see the, the play out the stretch here. The seven games left, Sam Darnold played really well against the um, – against the Giants, he played really well against the Cowboys. And then, you know, he had that game against New England, which was horrendous. He didn't play that great against uh, Jacksonville or Miami. He was okay in those games. So, you know, to me, 
They have a million injuries. They need an entire offensive line remake in the offseason. Joe Douglas, their GM, needs to get a draft, needs to get his own players in free agency. You know, they've had so many um, just horrendous drafts year after year going back year to the and, and McCagden. You know, Joe Douglas deserves a chance here. I don't love Adam Gase. I don't think he's a great coach, but I know they're not going to fire him in season. I know Christopher Johnson came out the other day and said, oh, you know, Gase is the guy. We're not making a change in season. He'll be back for 2020. Uh, we'll, we'll see how they finish. If the Jets go 2-14, and 14, I doubt Adam Gase is back. If they go 3-13, and 13, I don't know if Gase is back. We'll see how they finish the final seven games here. They have a winnable game on Sunday against a bad Redskins team. They need to go out there and win and, and, and go 5-2 and two here down the stretch with some winnable games. You know, every Jets fan just wants to win. Like it's, right. it's enough well, of a loser. Do you think it's it was absolutely ridiculous for what what Sam Darnold said that we grab a shot to the playoffs. I don't think it's ridiculous because that's how every athlete thinks. Now he maybe could have just you know kept that internally in the locker room instead of saying that because then people are going to make fun of him. But you want your franchise quarterback to think that way. Hey, you know we still got a chance at the playoffs. We got to win all our games. You know you got to take it one game at a time, which is what Gates right. and the rest of the coaches I'm sure reminded him of. But you take it one game at a time. And you want to see this team go out there, and you want to see the quarterback get better. And if Sam could play as well as he did against Dallas and as well as he did against the Giants and be more consistent with it, then Sam's going to be a really good quarterback. I mean, he's 22 years old. And, oh, by the way, Sam Darnold is younger than Joe Burrow, just to put things in perspective on how young Darnold still is. So I'm not giving up on him. I believe in him. And I want to see some progress over these final seven games. And then we'll, we'll see where we're at with the Jets. But that mono killed not only Sam Darnold killed the entire season for the Jets. It did. It, it did, and you, that and the injury. You 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 put one of the worst backup quarterbacks ever a, to to help or try to win games and keep the season alive. I mean, as as not even a Jet fan, you saw Falk out there. You knew from the get go the Jets were going to lose every single game. Oh, no shot. There was the problem is, no chance. Falk never was supposed to play because Trevor Simeon is a competent right. backup I mean, with a career-winning record, <laughs> and he breaks his leg in the first quarter of the Brown right. game on Monday night in week two. So I can't there's been a lot of Joe bad Douglas, I can't imagine what Joe Douglas was, was uh, reacting like, you know, in, you know, <laughs> in the press box or in the press box or in his suite or whatever. He did so much in the offseason to get a decent backup. They got some pieces, and then the season's over. Basically. Well, it wasn't even Douglas. You know, Douglas got here right. after Simeon was already his backup. So right, just, so it's just like it's, you got, you just try building something, and then you have Gase who's just kind of thrown into this, and I can't imagine what they were feeling like at that moment. Yeah, I mean, it's just terrible, dude. It's, it's just, awful. It, it, it's been horrible. So, you know, I mean, it is what it is. You don't lose to the Redskins on Sunday if you're the Jets. That's a bad team. You should be able to beat them. Half the buildings could have Jet fans in it anyway. And, you know, just hope that – they could show some progress here over the final seven games. I mean, the, you know, the way I look at the Jets' season is they're two and three with how healthy Sam Darnold, and that's kind of what I'm what I'm looking at. You know, week one he played with mono against the Bills when they blew that sixteen nothing lead, a game they still should have won. But Sam said after the game that he wasn't even close to one hundred percent, and he didn't want to use it as an excuse. But I'm sorry, that's an excuse when Sam didn't look like himself in that game, and I was shocked. I was like, why is he so inaccurate, and why is he look uncomfortable? Well, now you know why. And then he missed three games with mono after that, so. You know, they're 2-3 and three when Sam is healthy, and let's see how they finish. That's how I'm kind of judging this year. And then I hope Joe Douglas could draft well and fix this roster. I mean, they have, they have a lot of needs. We all know it, and it starts this offseason. Let's go end of the season with just three wins, and you are a top-four pick. 
Who do you want? Chase Young, if he's there, or the best right. offensive lineman. Either edge rusher or the top O-lineman, because they, they need five new linemen next year in my mind. Yeah, and so the Giants. They just need about everything, too. They need some, they need some linebackers. Um, yeah, just about everything. All right, Jake, thank you again for coming on. You know you're always welcome. He is the host of the main event on SB Nation. You guys go check it out. It's uh, is it Monday through Monday through Friday. I'm, the, I'm definitely forgetting uh, the day and time of the of the show. Four to eight Eastern, Monday through Friday on SB Nation Radio. Goddamn right. So go listen to him. He as the best guest. We just had Katie Nolan on, who is by far one of the coolest people in sports. So and he has everybody between players and coaches and analysts, anybody that's important in sports. He gets on. Go listen to him, Jang. Thanks for coming on. You got it, Taylor. Thanks for having me. And we're back. You know what it is. Special segment time. Thank you for Jake Asman for coming on. Our boy, our guest of the year by far. Yes, easily. Easily guest of the year. But special segment time. Let's do this. We're going to start with On the Road with the EO. TB squad. A little preview. First, Liam and I will be traveling to Columbus on Thursday morning, getting there Thursday afternoon, like 1 o'clock, hopefully 2 o'clock around there. And then producer Stone and Nurse Bell will be flying in Friday afternoon. And we party on. Party on Wayne. That's right. Party on Garth. Just like that. We're going to be placing bets on DraftKings while we're driving, getting the bets in. No ads, no free ads. Um, no free ads. And we're going to be doing some vlogging, too, on the road. We're, so, we, I don't know if we really explained it, so Liam and I were actually driving. Me and Taylor driving to Ohio. Yes. Should be a blast. We decided, you know, to be be cooler than, than like, kind of like a road trip out of it, make vlogging out of it. We're going to try some new, we're try some foods. We're going to try to find some cool restaurants on the way, stop there, eat some food. Hell yeah. Um... And then on the way back home, producer Stone and Nurse Bill will be popping in the, in the whippy and come home with us. That's right. We're going to be tailgating for the game because the game tickets are about a billion dollars. So we're not going to go to the game, but we're going to be tailgating like animals, having a great time, a lot of video content. So this goes right into our top three. We haven't done a top three in a while. We haven't. It's college football tailgate pro tips. Is this college and NFL or just tailgates? Just in tailgating general? in general. Tailgating in general. We'll, pro just, tips. we'll change the tailgating pro tips. Tailgating pro tips. Who's going first? You want to go first? Since it's your little trip. Uh yeah. Why not? You go first. All right. My first one. Okay. Find the bathroom when you get there. Wow, it's on my list. That's great. Not on the list. That's one of the first things I always do when I go, you especially because most time when you go to a tailgate, you're like looking at porter potties or like you know, yeah. you go into on like uh like we're gonna go to like a like a frat block, which is basically the pregame you know, uh tailgate yeah. for the game. You gotta know where the bathrooms are. Absolutely. You gotta know how many bathrooms there are because if you know, all right, I, I'm third beers deep. But once I know, I get that fourth one down. I'm gonna have to go. I have to preemptively know where the bathroom is to see, oh, I see people walking up there. They might be going to the bathroom. I need to give myself a couple extra minutes to get up there. It's not a bad idea. And, you know, the, if the uh, horrifying emergency poop button oh. never gets pushed, you got to know where that bathroom is. You ever poop in a porta potty? 
<laughs> oh, I haven't actually. Oh, I've had to. You squatting? <laughs> you squatting? Thighs are burning. <laughs> yeah, I'm not putting my ass looking on like that Jorge thing. Posada up there. Yeah. Stop <laughs> with those freaking calves. Those calves, calves yeah. are burning. Thighs are burning. That's a good one. All right, finding bathroom was my first one. Correct. I have, if possible, drink before the tailgate. Get yourself going before the tailgate. Drink before, or like drink before the pregame, or whatever. Same thing. Drink beforehand. Yes. Okay, I like that. Because you want to get yourself going. Get yourself moving a little bit. It's always because uh, you, you gotta like. It's hard. Sometimes it's hard to find the drinks or at the tailgate. Yeah, of course. You come a little late to the tailgate. Not all. There's not a lot of drinks left. Oh, you don't have a great selection, right? If you're running out, maybe. Right. If you're running out, you're like, all right, I gotta get some before. I usually do that. Okay. If I'm traveling. Like I'm going on the train. Have a couple tall boys. Yeah, a on the train before action. you go to the tailgate. And then save you some money once you get to the payment Absolutely. Places. Absolutely. So I think drink before it is definitely huge. What you, uh, so my next one, make sure there's some sort of game at the Ooh, tailgate. Oh, good one. I have a list of games you can do, like a cornhole, football, can jam, a little spike ball action. If you're feeling it, those are the top games I would say. Or, or even a, a drinking games. Beer pong and okay. a full cup. So make sure there's some sort of games that are there to actually provide the eating, the conversations, drinking, of course, but have some sort of game to kind of keep everyone active and going. I think that's pretty smart. I like that. Okay. My next one. Um, hmm. See, I was going to say bring pong balls. Mm. That kind of your, – yours kind of encompasses that. I was going to say bring pong balls because yeah. – the one thing you know, go to every party, everyone always has cups. No one ever has balls. No, no, no. Always. Has I'm cups. gonna say though, a generator. Not the kind of tailgate we're going to, but other kind of tailgates. Yes. You bring a generator, it can make your life a lot easier. And then also, if you want to bring that into the music aspect, instead of just having like a little portable speaker, you hook some DJ speakers and really wow, get cranking. That's nice. Yeah. So that's a what? What is yours exactly? Just generator. Yeah, we'll go with generator for that extra power. I'm going to say the next one, pro t- my last pro tip. Oh, wait. Is, you have to do another one in a row, right? You go and then I go. No, I did two in a row. I did two in a row. Oh, you're right. I have two. Yeah. Oh, boy. We're, we're bad at this two-man snake. Damn, dude, terrible. So now you do your last one. Uh, my last one, my tailgating pro tips, I'm going to say wear something with a lot of pockets. Because think about it. This is at least me, especially like when I go to Ohio. This is my brother. All the beers usually kept in one spot. Usually kind of far away from where everyone's hanging out. Yeah. If I got like my, you know, sweatshirt, my pockets. The more pockets you have, the more beer you can hold. The more Ooh. trips you save yourself. And then whenever, if anyone's ever like, oh, I'm getting a beer, you need anything? Bam! You whip out a beer. You got one for already. Beers. Beer, bro. Bam! I like it. Pockets. My, my last one. Don't be the guy to not bring anything. Always bring something. Always bring something. You be, wow. Don't be that guy. Okay, don't be that's the guy a good one. to bring it. That's probably the best one we said. Because if you be that guy, you're that guy that's coming empty-handed. First of all, you ain't drinking. Oh, that's true. Go to another tailgate. Second of all, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, last year when I went to the Jets game, I 
I brought in, I brought cups and I think a 30 rack. I think that's perfect, bro. Yeah. Right. So, do you have any honorable mentions at all? Oh, honorable mentions. I have, uh, if there's, an, if you're, if someone is, has an RV or you know of somebody during the tailgate that's like a bringing one, claim your stake, go over there, claim your spot. Hang around the RV. Wow. Okay. Because usually those RVs got like the canopy coming out. Ooh. You know, like, okay. Like an area rug. Get your seats while you can. Yes. Get the chairs. Uh, I say TV. Is a oh, great always move. having a TV. Have a TV is a great move. It kind of encompasses the whole generator thing, kind of power everything. Yes. Oh. Oh uh, no. Continue. I'll ask you another question in a sec. Till we'll okay. go right off of this. And then I have my last honorable mention is make sure someone brings a grill. If you're tailgating for the game and you're outside the stadium, food's got to be involved. I've been to many tailgates where there wasn't food involved. You need food. Food is essential because you're not trying to spend $25 on a half a burger. You know? Yeah. So I said bring a grill. What about what – what was the question you were going to ask me? All right. So you, you mentioned games. I'm going to give you a Mary fuck kill. Ooh. Of three of the probably most, um, I'm excited. I would say like infamous kind of like tailgate games. Okay. Can Jam, Cornhole, and Beer Pong. Oh my god! That's like the trilogy right there. You get Can Jam a little. That's probably like the most athletic you'll go to tailgate. You still got that beer in hand, but a little frisbee throwing. Cornhole. That's every favorite beer drinker's tailgate game. Mad easy, and then Beer Pong. How cold is this outside? Is it there a wind? Wow. Yeah, yeah we're outdoors. We're at a tailgate. Duh, idiot. Um, dumb question. My apologies to all those listeners. That was dumb. No, that could be. Where's where, where the wind at? We're at a we're at like a, a partly cloudy, fifty degree, fifty two degrees with a uh, five. Five mile an hour gusts to the southwest. And we're in the middle of a parking lot, so that means there's not a lot of stoppage of the breeze. That's right. There's not a lot of wind protection. So I'm going to have to go with Mary V. Fuck Kill. Oh, my God. Just because hmm, I'm going to I'm going to fuck can jam. Okay. I'm going to marry ping pong, a beer pong, and I'm going to kill Cornhole. Wow, okay. Yeah, because Cornhole like is a great game. It's just the fact that <coughs> it's like slow pace. There's not a lot of like excitement. Okay. With with Cornhole, with, uh, with Can Jam, you're always moving. That's right. And if it's a little chilly, you're not going to be sweating too much. Okay. And then beer pong is just, it's just a typical all-time drinking game. I love it. And you get fucked up. If you Good answer. It. Good answer, Taylor. That's exactly where I would have went. Thank you. I like that one. All yes. right. So that was our top three tailgating pro tips. I had find the bathroom, bring a generator, and wear a lot of pockets. And Taylor had drink beforehand, bring games, and always bring something like food, beverages. I would say when you're putting the graphic together, when you say have pockets... You got like I guess parentheses like to hold tons of beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll figure. It out. I'll word it right. Yeah. Let's move in 
Oh, actually, anything else tailgating wise, Taylor? I think Before you do, I mean, where you know we're going. Is there anything you know you're looking yeah, what, for? What's our tailgating scene for the game? For the game, you said there's a giant jumbotron, right? Yeah, so yeah, as of right now, our plans look. We're gonna be going to my brother's frat house for the pregame. But they they call it the block. Okay. I don't know why it's called block. Okay. But whatever, in block, it's the pregame. Um, and then we'll be probably going to the varsity club for the game. So at the Varsity Club, it has it has two indoor levels, like a basement and then upstairs. Um, probably about 67, maybe 50, 60 booths. All waitress served. Like, waitress will come around and ask you for your drink orders, your food orders and everything. I'm going to eat so much food. Bro, this is the best food. Really? They serve, like, a be- uh, an um, absolutely amazing, like, thin crust pizza. The best fries in the world. Like, up to like McDonald's fries level. Oh my! Yeah, God, Ama- the food is amazing. We will go in. I had a burger at Napper Tanny's yesterday. Fucking waited an hour and a half for the burger. Was it good? Okay, avocado on it, bacon. Just pissed me off. An hour and a half. Yeah, it was packed house football. But chat, yeah, fuck. What was you? What was you? Oh. Fuck. Oh, sneeze. I hate sneezing. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Fuck the Um, Yeah. So I'm really hyped to eat a lot of food and, you know, party. Party on. We'll have a blast. All right. Let's move in. Would you wear it? First up, we have the Adidas Star Wars Alpha Edge 4D Death Star. It's dropping on Thursday at 10 a.m. That's a mouthful. Oh, yeah. So following the emergence of this year's Stormtrooper-inspired Night Jogger, that's a shoe, obviously, and then the X-Wing theme, the Ultra Boost, looks like Adidas is bringing the Star Wars collab to their Alpha Edge 4D silhouette. Uh, it has a dark color that spans across the model's signature primed and upper. It has a 4D lattice midsole that is its native pale green tone. It's pretty hard to dye a 4D, 4D midsole. Uh, the Death Star decals are then featured on the eyelets and heel panels, while the power of the dark side and that's no moon text can be seen running up each of the back heel tags. I've heard 4D is even comfier than Boost somehow. I love Star Wars theme. The retailing is 259, which is a little too high for retail for me, but I should. I am interested in buying to wear. Uh, sorry. A little too high retail for me to be interested in buying to wear. It should resell, though. Taylor, what do you think of these? Ooh, those are nice. So they're 4D. It's the 4D instead of the boost, how they normally put in it. It's yeah. 4D, four dimension, digital printed. Supposedly comfier than boost. Ooh. Uh, I like them. You like them? I like them, but 259. It's a little steep. A little steep for uh, some kind of plain. It is very plain looking, but it's probably very comfortable. It that from what I've heard, it's the comfiest Adidas shoe you can get. Uh, let's move on. Oh, well, sorry. Before retail, I said two fifty nine. The current resell those are three to four hundred dollars, and then the future resell looking like two eighty to three fifty. So a crazy flip. No, definitely not a crazy flip. That's right, Taylor. A little money being made there, probably in the smaller sizes, but the bigger sizes. Not too much. Listen, we have a Jordan dropping on Friday at 10 a.m. Okay. 
Jordan Brand is collabing with the Japanese brand Facetasm. This pair of teal overlays with dark obsidian accents on the tongue and the swoosh. Also gets the Facetasm treatment with their signature crinkled texture throughout the upper. And then has an exaggerated heel tab and the Jumpman logo on the midsole. This is an interesting color for a Jordan one. Uh, Jordan's gone kind of crazy with the colorways since 2017, but worth the flip for me. Retailing at 130, currently reselling at 250 to 350. Future resales looking like 180 to 250, so definitely money to be made there. See, you know I don't like these shoes, but I like the colorway on them. The colorway looks pretty good. I like the. You blue. like it? I do like it. The okay. Colors, I like the colors a lot. I like the orange. A little orange and teal tab thing yeah. they got going on. What do you think? Do you like these? I, I don't um, I like them a little. I wouldn't say I love them, but I, I if you're asking me... uh, Normally, do they have that Jordan logo on the corner? They don't there? normally, no. So that's interesting. I like that. That's a little touch to add that little, like, uh, the back tab. You like the orange tab. That's yeah. added on decal. Uh, so... Should, should resell wise, well, should resell well. Uh, we actually have a s- sport more related than just sneakers. Jordan 11 Low Golf, cool gray, dropping on Friday as well, 10 o'clock. It's been quite a busy week for the Jordan 11 silhouette. You know, Brooks is wearing this. Brooks is 100%. I almost said 1,100 at the same time. Brooks is 1,000% wearing these. Uh, the first images of released of the upcoming women's exclusive metallic silver glittered colorway. Jordan 11. Second, the original Brad 11 was unveiled and it quickly shock dropped on sneakers. And then finally, there was an announcement of a new colorway coming out for holiday 2020 season. The emergence of this new Jordan 11 storyline came up uh, in the golf colorway in the cool gray scheme. These are made for the greens. They've been flying off the shelves and every other Jordan 11 uh, kind. Cool gray should be no exception. I love the classic colorway. It should resell well just as the other Jordan 11 golf shoes have in the past. I'm definitely going to try to get a pair. Retailing at 220 A little steep. But, I mean, I think... Yeah, for a, cle- a regular Jordan 11 will usually retail around $200, so $20 is extra for the cleat. Should resell to 250 $350, money to be made. Oh, Tell wow. your thoughts. Oh, wow. The blue bottoms are fucking fire. Yeah, the blue bottoms are sick. I think, I think this is an awesome shoe. I'm not a huge Jordan guy, but I wear those in a minute. Yeah. Absolutely. I wear those in one second. On the, on the green. Are you kidding me? I play like garbage anyway. If I look fucking nice, I don't even care. Alright, so that you have Taylor's seal approval. Damn. 100% seal approval. Right. And then let's move into my two favorite releases of the weekend we have coming this Saturday, the 23rd, both at 10 a.m. Jordan is dropping a Jordan 4. It's the Jordan 4 Retro What the? So the Jordan Four Legacy began in Jordan. Uh, the Jordan Four Legacy began in 1989 with four OG colorways in cement gray, military blue, fire red, and cement white. All four colorways have found their way onto this. What the mismatching matchup? 
the Nikes What the Series, which matches up different colorways, themes, and inspirations on a single pair of shoe, has become one of the brand's most recognizable concepts. It debuted in 2007 on two pairs of Nike SB Dunk clothes. I absolutely love this colorway. I would love a pair for myself. It might not be the best flip, so it should be relatively easy to get a personal pair for retail. Let's see it. Don't, don't like it. You're out, Taylor. They're mismatched. Nope. All the different colors. I see. Nope. I just don't like those shoes. I'm very picky. Okay. I mean, what is my style? More the, the low. You like low top. You do not wear. Uh I have like I have. I'm trying to think. Besides like boots, like sneakers wise, like these, the these flying flying mids right here. I think those are the only like high top I've seen you rock. And, and they're like in the. It's like there, there's no tongue. It's uh, the prime prime knit upper. I think they call it. Yeah, it's like a sock. It's like a slip on almost. The yeah. sock, yeah, the sock kind. Yeah, that's the highest thing I have. Yeah, everything else, Vans, Vans, the low Nikes. Yeah. All right, so you're not a big uh, not a big Jordan four guy or high guy. Yeah. Well, we do have a Nike low coming out, Taylor. The Nike Air Force One Paranoids. I, this, I, I cannot, I'm, unfortunately, this is dropping Saturday during our pre-gaming. So you're out of it. No, I'm still going to be at the pre-gaming going for these bad boys. Oh my God, you're so committed. The Air Force I've One Paranoids. That's right. Designed by the Korean pop star G-Dragon. He does art as well. G-Dragon wants to encourage the youth to create and exchange ideas freely. He believes that once the youth are unified through creativity, they can establish the culture that ultimately gives birth to a artistic oh my God. utopia. Taylor just saw the resale numbers on these bad boys. Oh. That's where you got that from. God, This damn. is probably my favorite shoe dropping this month. I think better than the Yeezy 380 Aliens. Better than the Travis Scott Air Force One Lowe's. The embroidering on this is awesome, and it has just enough detail to stand out. Retailing at two hundred dollars, the current resale market is seven to nine hundred dollars. Holy crap! With the future resale market looking about four hundred to six hundred. So, okay, what do you got? Are you going to if you get them? Yes. You keep it a resale. I don't know. Oh, this is like a Travis Scott thing. You're it, like, oh, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Exactly. It's one of those. These. Ah. Uh, let me see the photo. Let me see. I remember people. I'm listening. You guys are listening. These is the first of every time we do this. We do this. Which which wear wear I'm seeing these shoes for the first time. Yeah. I'm the one who's kind of curating the list. I am in I, I do it on purpose. I don't see it. For, I see it for the first time on the show. So we get your initial reaction. Correct. Air Force One Paranoids. It's Air Force One. Don't mind the lacing. The lacing is weird. Horrible lacing on there, but it's, it's like the it's like the, the hippie, not hippie, like the. I don't know what to do, but it's the what regular style. Black and white Air Force One. It's got these kind of painting design scuffs on the side, which kind of make give it that beat up look, but not too much. And then my favorite part on the front is an embroidered uh, sunflower, almost. They're very. So see for like. For these, whereas I I love them. I love the embroidering. I think they have just enough detail to stand out. It's a very plain silhouette, but with the marking on the outsole and then the embroidery right on the tongue, I love it. Thoughts, Taylor? Do you think these should be selling for over $700 retail in the resale market? No? What were you expecting? 
I thought I'm, I'm gonna see a revolutionary shoe. Like, yeah, like when the off-white, like off-white Nikes first came out, and everyone when was like, per- when the, the air pressles for first dropped, you were like, <laughs> get yeah. it. I get why it's twelve hundred dollars. I get it. Yeah. But that, this, no, no, I don't see it. What would I wear those? Yeah, I, I probably would, just because I want to flex on people. It's what I mean. They're like. I think the style is ugly as shit. But you I don't like the Air Force Ones? No, I don't like it. I'm, I don't like a lot of things. <laughs> I like all the off-white brand shoes. Okay. I love Vans. And that's just about it. And boots. Damn. Picky over here. Very picky. I'd wear them. I don't think they're good looking, though. Okay. Okay. You're wearing flex. Absolute flex. If All you, right. If you're a shoe, if you're a you know a sneakerhead, you know this shoe. That's right. exactly. And exactly. you see walking around the street, and you're like, oh damn. It's a low key flex because most people won't know you're flexing, but the people that know, it's like if you know, you know. Absolutely. It's like me when I'm walking around with my blazers on. People, most people think, oh, well, look at this moron walking around with like bright orange shoes. But then the people that know, they're like, all right, those are off white. Okay, gets it. Gets it. Gets it. All right. So that was Would You Wear. We had a lot of stuff dropping this week. Uh, Taylor, me, and you will be there Friday trying to get a pair of those golf shoes. Fuck we'll yeah. be sitting in our Airbnb in Columbus trying to uh, grab a pair of those bad boys. We'll snag them. Yeah. So, all right. So that was Would You Wear. It. Let's move in. R.I.P. R.I.P. This is a sad one. Very sad story. Just to announce, I think it was um, earlier this morning, right? Yeah. Ryan Castello, a prospect for the Minnesota Twins organization, was found dead in New Zealand, fortunately, at the age of 23. I actually remember, like, the names, seeing the name now, because I would always, I, I every day I had to look at the minor leagues. Yeah, systems. the prospect stuff. You know, I had to look at everything. I remember Ryan Castello. I totally remember him. Wow. Uh, Castello has, had arrived in, um, in New Zealand last week to play his first season. Um, in the Australian League, Baseball League, and it kind of just, it was like a very random thing. And it was announced that it was, looks like it's died, he died from natural causes. Yeah, which is crazy at the age of 23. Yeah. I mean, ho- I mean, you don't want to say hopefully that was the case. I hope it wasn't anything, you know, any foul play or anything yeah, like that. Tyler, Tyler Skaggs kind like, of thing. Like something like that. And obviously it's horrible someone dies at 23. Hopefully it's not, you know. So the thing with Tyler Skaggs, they didn't announce it was that after a week and a half, two weeks, yeah, they did autopsy. But the fact they kind of announced it right now is like natural causes right away. Maybe have a sense that could be natural causes, but we'll have to wait till the autopsy to see what actually happened. Yeah. So, so we'll RIP to Ryan Castello. We'll have his thoughts and prayers to his family. Peace and peace. Very, very sad moment. But let's move on to a lighter note. We have some tomfoolery for y'all for the rest of the uh, segments. We do have some tomfoolery. So, drink a little drink, smoke a little smoke. Dion Waiters, <laughs> your boy. <laughs> oh, my God, bro. Suspended for 10 games without pay <laughs> after consuming a THC-infused edible on a team flight, resulting in a panic attack. This was about a week and a half ago. Yeah, it delayed. I forgot very, to put it on very, for last uh Very delayed, last but we got to talk about it anyway. He had an absolute panic attack. <laughs> Couldn't breathe. He messed up, bro. Messed up. What are you doing time. taking an edible on a team flight, though? I don't know, man. It is a big-time loss for them. Absolute big-time. The fact that he had to, he took it, and he's like, oh, shit, I can't breathe. I'm dying. And he can't go anywhere. He's in the air. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's just stuck. But I mean, like, I put that on his teammates too. Absolutely. You think he was the only one who was, who was getting a little lifted on that? No. Flight? What's his name? Is um the, he he put it for the Celtics? Now he's in the Miami Heat. What's his name? Um, long hair, white kid. Maybe he's on. Maybe he's not on the Heat anymore. Hermes? No. Play for the Celtics. Um, Kelly well, Olynyk. Yes, I can see him being oh, the guy. Oh, one hundred percent. He looks like a stoner. I think. I think there was like rumors that he was the one who gave it to him. Oh really? I think it was rumored to be. But that's what I mean. Like, in theory, one you shouldn't be taking an edible on a team flight in general. No, that's work. Not at all. But if one of your boys gave it to you, or regardless, your teammates are going to know, right? Absolutely. That he's that he's taking an edible. He's going to have an enjoyable flight. So Absolutely. You got to know as a teammate when things start getting bad for him, you got to help your boy out. You got to calm down a little before the team officials get involved, and then you know this ends up happening. You, you get a ten games suspension. But this is like Dion Waiters has this. Like almost once a year has some sort of weird issue with a teammate oh, off yeah. the field thing. It's weird off the court. Excuse me, but yeah, what was the last? Didn't he throw soup at someone? I don't know some stupid shit. Just every year, there's something new and you kind of forget. But yeah. that's drink a little drink, smoke a little smoke. Next we got who's man's? Yes, Miles Garrett. Obviously, fuck off. He basically gave a guy CTE with the one tool he was provided with to protect against it. I saw some tweet and it got so much buzz on it. It was so funny. Horrible thing that he did. Not was not like. We do not condone that. No, we don't condone helmet to helmet, helmet to head violence. <laughs> but someone said it was. They retweeted. They quote tweeted the video, and it said, "To be honest, it looked like he was trying to put it back on his head." Yes, I saw that. <laughs> I was dead. He was, was pretty close to putting it back on that. I was dead. I saw that. I was dying. Imagine he hit him with it so hard on the right angle that it went back on his head. Scoot back on. Be like you know what. <laughs> Didn't look that bad. He's helping him out. He's helping him out. They're in the middle of a fight. He's just trying to put his teammate's helmet back on, help him out a little. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. All right, our last one. Wait, that was Miles Garrett. Oh. You're our who's, who's man. Now to end it, we got your boy for the bench player of the week. Bench player of the week. Wizard center, Mo Wagner. He was shipped over there in that infamous giant blockbuster Lakers trade with the Pelicans. Yep. Sorry, Mo Wagner. Got the uh, bad end of that trade. Really did. But... He was an absolute stud off the bench this weekend for the Wizards. He averaged 21 points, 9 boards, and 2 assists in 22 and a half minutes per game. He shot 75% from 3. Damn right he did. For Big a boy. center. Big Had boy. Monster night Friday, 30 points, 15 boards, 2 assists, and 4 from 4 from 3. And then for stat nerds like me, his per 36-minute averages were insane. 34 points, 14 boards, and 3 assists. You are bench player of the week, my guy. Mo Wagner. Congratulations. Welcome. Oh, before we, get, we, we send off, you yes. know what I saw on Penn Station? No. Random. Day right. Really? Penn Station. They're, they're not playing in New York. I think he's from the area, right? Oh, is he? I'm like 95% sure he's He was walking with some woman. I saw him. I was walking out of Starbucks in the Penn Station, the one closest to the like the main yeah. board uh, where Shake Shack is. Uh-huh. And I walk out of Starbucks. And I'm like, I'm walking by, and to my, and to my left, it's Jay Wright. So you can't miss him. Oh yeah, you know who he is. Absolutely. I'm like not. Let me double. Let me double check this. I'm 95 percent sure that he is from Long Island because yeah, one of my ex professors, not ex I mean one of my old professors, mm-hmm. he was uh I think an assistant AD at Hofstra, and he, him, and Jay Wright were pretty good friends. He got asked to be on Wright's coaching staff at Villanova when he first got signed there. Oh shit, I didn't know that. But That's um, cool. I'm pretty sure he uh yeah you saw me not forgetting what his last name was. Yeah. W. I'm pretty sure he's from Long Island. Let's see. Oh, born in Churchville, PA. So I wonder why he's a Long Island. I don't know. Maybe maybe he was doing some scouting. Maybe right. Let's see. Schedule. They were. They're not playing anybody in New York. Here we go. This is what it was. What? Jay Wright was the head coach of Hofstra for like all the eighties and nineties. 
So maybe he came back for a game. That's. I mean, he was probably just coming back to like see people. Maybe. I mean, he he lived on the island for like twenty years. Yeah, he's probably coming to visit. Maybe That's pretty cool, though. Or maybe he was like scouting a high school kid. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. A little Long Island talent. Maybe. Well, yes, yeah, so I saw him. It was very random. All right. So that's our show. Thank you, Jake Asman, for coming on. Next time you hear from us, we'll be in Ohio, Columbus, partying it up, doing a podcast. We might do a lot. We might do a podcast either in our Airbnb, out on campus, maybe at the fraternity with all the. the well, people, get yeah. some people involved in the podcast. We don't know Q&A. yet. We got to figure it out. We got to figure out the plans. We have a whole 10-hour trip to figure it out. We're leaving That's at 3 right. a.m. on Thursday. We're hyped. So, any last words? No, sir. Go to Ohio. And you will catch us on our next podcast on Friday. Peace.